Oi, you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 125. On tonight's episode, the manlings talk about the other games and things that the thin, smart manling is playing while there's this transition between worlds and places and games and rules and non-rules and all sorts of crap like that. So shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage U Tools. For the next two, three hours or thereabouts, we're going to do the best we can, keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way, bringing you the age of many games. I'm Chris U. And I'm a guy with a uh, combi rifle, because everybody carries a combi rifle. <laughs> it's, it, all, it all depends on how you use it. <laughs> so how's it going? Uh, good, good. I like the Infinity reference there for those who are in the know. Well, you know, it, I could have been that or I could have been what one of those Sigmarite guys is holding behind his back because it could be a bolter, but you never know. I, You know, I saw that picture. You're talking about that, that missile launcher looking thing. Oh, actually, I wasn't, but I saw that today, too. Yeah. What, what's going on with that? I don't know if that's legit or not. I don't know what that is. That guy looks like he's carrying around a hand cannon. Hmm. Let's circle around back to that and news and rumors, because yeah. I'm sure we both have opinions on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we have opinions on lots of things. That's kind of what we do. We do. And who pays for those opinions to be on the air? Oh, those those would be our sponsors. Yes. Uniqueness and Games, located in... In Gray's Lake, Illinois. Mersha Miniatures. How is that spelled? M-I-E-R-C-E. Miniatures. Mantic Games. Building bigger armies with flanks and ranks. <laughs> and Battle Foam. Protecting your army. Very nice. Well, thank you to the sponsors. Yes, who trust us in no matter what direction we go. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, keep putting on a show and promoting us. We're happy right, with right. that. Oh, my goodness. So, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been turbulence. A lot of uh, things have been incoming, for sure. Oh, yeah. The uh, community has been active, very vocal. Yep. And heck, heck, dude, our last recording was, what, almost three weeks ago? Because we recorded before I had to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. And then we dropped it, like, the night before I went on vacation. Right. And that's when everything actually came out, was, like, the next day. So we haven't been... Uh, able to talk too much about all the stuff that's been coming out so right last episode we had our first impressions of just what we saw from the battle scrolls and stuff and 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 just to be completely candid you and i still haven't played our first aos game as of yet so we're going to do have that not played a full game harrison and i have played the scenarios out of the box set oh the okay i'd be curious to get your opinion on that well with heather out of town this week and then you guys were over on sunday we had everything cleaned up yeah. so nice i'm like harrison bring up that age of sigmar stuff we'll just play out a couple things here on the table nice that works so i figured now i've got a feel for it a little bit not that it was that hard to get a feel for right so if you and i decide to play at least we're not both completely unfamiliar we'll get uh Get a quick feel for it before we sure. talk about what we think. Yeah, yeah, we should definitely should cut our teeth on it, so to speak. And exactly. Um, okay, so you know what uh, we um, okay emails have been coming in all over the place. Everybody's saying nice things uh, basically since 
ever since last episode, especially when you announced that you were going to be oh right leaving. I, you know, I, I I think we announced that a little bit too early because I think a lot of people are tweeting and, and writing and calling in as if I'm I'm dead already. And- <laughs> oh no, no kidding, no kidding. Um, in fact, I thought it was a little funny. Now, I actually thought originally we, you and I were talking this was going to be your last episode, mm. but um, we haven't even we didn't have time to get an Age of Sigmar game in because we were playing so much Infinity. So mm-hmm. um, you're actually going to stay on a little bit longer, and we're going to at least at the very least get that game in, right? So that we can uh, so we can discuss. Yeah, so we can discuss what's going on. Oh. Um, oh, get rid of this. Um, we did get a bunch of emails, a lot of people saying a lot of nice things about the show and about you, and, geez, we hope the show's not going anywhere, you know. The show's not going anywhere. Um, and, Chris, um, well, you know what, Let's before we get to the voicemails and the emails mm-hmm. and stuff, I guess, uh, you know what, let's do the voicemails and emails first, and then we'll talk about that future of the show stuff, because okay. there's all sorts of junk going on. But, basically, as far as the emails go, there's no time to read all of them. Um, there's only one thing that I actually just got it this afternoon. It's not in the show notes, Chris. So I'm going to sort of jump out. Have you ever heard of a forum or a website called Something Awful? Something Awful? Yeah. No, I haven't. Someone sent me this, and it's a, it's a lot about gaming, I guess. Okay. And it's under the traditional games things. And uh, Warhammer, if during your hero phase you pretend to be riding an imaginary horse, blah, 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 something. And then I only bring this up because now a uh, gentleman sent this uh, to me with the link. Mm-hmm. And um, very nice guy. You know, basically, oh, hey, I really like the show. I thought you'd like to read this. Uh, it's Truls Lilebo, and it's one of those O's with the line through. I think he's from, like, Sweden. Okay. So I don't know. I probably mangled his name horribly. But so I'm reading this, and on the website, they're basically talking about different things. And there was a really weird thing I read, and I just wanted to bring it up because I actually had to do something about a week and a half ago that I have not had to do in at least a year, year and a half. And, and that is, that? I had to moderate. I actually go in and moderate. Uh, I was actually on our Facebook page, although I've had to go in and moderate on the forums a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen some of that, too. Um. Dude, this Age of Sigmar stuff is getting weird. Um, <laughs> you know what it is? It's like there's nobody in the middle. Like everybody's either all in or they're all out, and nobody. Yeah, it seems to be to very hear what anyone else has to really say. Like right, and I mean, people are being, you know, people are being dicks on both sides of this. They really are. I mean, people who hate it are just like. God, this is dumb, and anybody who stays is a moron. Not everybody, but a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are just like, haters, go away if you're going to hate. We right, love this. Yeah, this is the greatest yeah. game ever in the history of games. And it's like, okay, well, okay, let's relax. And uh, we've had some people even on the forum post up, hey, what should we do? What do you you know? What do you think? And someone else posts, go try a different game. And then it's like, hey, don't be a jerk. And it's like, right. dude. And he's like, Sell me all your Warhammer stuff for cheap if you're going to get out. Yes. And then you it's know, that like, sort of thing. Yeah. And then the guy's like, hey, dude, relax. And he's like, no, you can't comment like this. And the guy said, I said, you know, I think this is Dave's web page. And he didn't say anything. And so finally I had to step in and be like, hey, guys, come out, play nice. Right. Um, and it was, you know, I, I was a little bit actually embarrassed because as I'm reading this, there's some people commenting. And as I'm going down through this thread and something awful, someone brings this to me. And there's something really nice that was said at the end. But I'm reading this, and then there's this guy in there, and he says, has anyone on the Garage Hammer Facebook group? It's sort of darkly amusing to get notifications throughout the day from the handful of Sigmar evangelizers that won't shut up. And then it's like, oh. And it's like, 
Wow. Yeah, and but it kind of you know I mean we've always been we've always been positive. Everybody knows I I'm the GW fanboy. So if you're gonna if you're gonna be a big fanboy, I guess our Facebook page or our forum is not uh you know not a bad one to be on. But I was just like wow, right. I never thought of it that way. Although I did have to go because the people who were People who have been positive have been like, you know, and th- th- basically what they bring up in here is it's like, oh, is it? It's fifty percent of people posting pictures of how they painted their ground, mar- ground their their new space marines. Forty five percent people saying how they're angry about all the negative AOS posts, and five uh, people, five percent of people asking if there's going to be a point system yet, and then getting attacked for daring to ask that. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of, that's actually <laughs> not the part of stuff. With all the fiery rhetoric that's out there, why why bring it into the Garage Hammer forum? Because I don't know. I, I always well, and thought I'm that... not blaming anybody, but I did. I had to go in and moderate and be like, "Dudes, come on!" Yeah, I, you and I both had to moderate uh, one particular discussion that, right. that got pretty heated. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I no one likes to see that. I mean, yeah. And then, uh, and somebody did bring up something good. Is that a lot of people are like, "Why do you have to be negative? If you don't like it, just walk away." And th- right. while that's true. You know, this was actually brought up to me because I was guilty of doing it right in the beginning. And it was I was told, you know what? People have played this game for like 25 years, and their world is dead. And even if you don't mind the new game, even if they like the new game, mm-hmm. their old game is dead. And you got to give them time to mourn that and be upset yeah, about that. Yeah. What, whether they're upset about the new, you know, even if they wind up loving the new game, you know. And I thought about that, and that's kind of true. I, I, you know, and I didn't think about it as much because I, I guess I wasn't thinking about it that way, you know. And they're like, "Hey, you know, they've been playing this a long time." Maybe I, that's, I, I don't know. I, it, it seems a, that seems a bit melodramatic to me. I mean, it is. This is all just for fun. We, you know, this is our diversion. So I, I get that. The, you know, the the, the the fiction has been kind of re redone, has been deleted as we know it, and it's we're moving forward and. Right. I don't know. And you just have to embrace it or, you know, look for other ways to have fun. That's, that's funny. the way I look at it. Yeah. But so then this thing goes on a little longer. And let me just, I just wanted to get through this because I want to mention there's some guy who, his name on this forum is called Not a Viking. And he said he quit following our Facebook page when he got yelled at for not liking AOS. And someone else posted, that's kind of crazy because Garage Hammer is usually pretty laid back, fun to listen to, and doesn't really drink the Kool-Aid. Hell, one of the guys is even quitting the podcast because he's tired of Warhammer. <laughs> and then someone l- down the line posted... Uh-huh. The best thing I can say about this Warhammer podcast is that one of the hosts is quitting because he's tired of Warhammer. He's like, well, that's not exactly it. And wow. that's not exactly why you're quitting. And then as you go down, a couple of people, someone basically said that you, you got me playing now Infinity, and I like Kings of War, uh-huh. and that they hope that we start covering that more because they like uh-huh. those games and they don't want the podcast going away. And then now, the, one of the guys who said something, his name on this forum is Vintage Purple. He did say something nice. I want to read this out. And it's about me. So, but it was okay. something Let's nice hear. after that because I was kind of alert. I'm like, wow, geez, do we look that bad? It says, uh, it said, uh, oh, someone linked, they linked to, the, to our last episode mm-hmm. and said it was a little bit sad. They, we sounded sad as we looked back on 8th edition. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, Dave is basically the ham we all want to be. Painted armies, hobby, basement full of tables and plastic, games on the regular. Plus, he still has a good job, wife, kids, and generally a fulfilling life. His attitude's always great, enthusiastic about the game and fluff and models, but he's never afraid to criticize when it's warranted. It's really admirable to be a guy dedicating so much passion to the hobby and to helping other people enjoy it while still managing to be a full-time bad and public school teacher. I hope Garage Hammer can survive this. And uh, I'm touched, mm-hmm. but yeah, we're not. I'm not 
I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not. Well, I, I can see where there's apprehension. I mean, the, the game has changed. What does that mean for the show? Um, you know, your co-host leaving certainly doesn't help matters, I'm sure. But you were – honestly, if the age if, – if End Times had just brought forth this new ninth edition, if ninth edition was 8.5 with adjusted End Times rules, you were probably going anyway, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I thought AOS might have – if it was amazing, could have reeled me back in, but uh, that unfortunately was not the case. Yeah, and the, you know, so that's you know, it's you were going anyway. It's just it's weird timing, you know. Right. <laughs> it's, right. But and I well, guess it, for me, it's a it's a good time to make a clean break. You exactly, know, it's a new edition or a new game, pretty much. Um, so yeah, it just made the most sense to me to, to to make the break at that point. And I don't want to start the episode on a downer either, but mm. you know, and that's kind of what the point of this whole episode is is. You know, some people are really loving Age of Sigmar and some people aren't. But one of the things I've noticed is that the games seem to go kind of quick. And mm-hmm. it is a different game now. There's, It's not the game that we've been playing. And while people are getting used to it and while they were waiting for whatever this was going to be for the last six months, mm-hmm. you know, all of us has picked up other games. All of us have. I've picked up another game. You've picked up another game. Yeah. I've gone back to one of my other games. So... You know, well, I just you know, the landscape has has fractured quite a bit. Yeah, you know, there's there's not only different games, but people are playing. They're going to continue playing eighth or eight point five, whatever it is, with a few modifications. They're going to try to make a tournament version of AOS. They're going to play purely AOS. They're going to play Kings of War. So who knows? I mean, there's a lot of different you know highway exits off this highway. Exactly. And everyone's getting off on, on different exit points. Where they end up, who knows? Yeah, and um, basically, the way I'm looking at it is, uh, you know, the show. Like I said, the show's not going anywhere, um, and we're going to talk about that a little later. But that's kind of what we're talking about today. Is just. All these sorts of other games that we've that, that I've been introduced to in the past six to eight months that I probably wouldn't have looked twice at if I was really playing Warhammer. Right. So I think it's kind of cool. It might be interesting to look at these, uh, at least until you and I get our game in, uh, our little Age of Sigmar practice in next week, and then the next episode. Next episode, um, we're going to talk about that sure. stuff. So um, you know what? Let's do the voicemail real quick before we talk about the future, before we do... Uh, before we come back and before we, and talk about the whole okay, what's, yeah, what's, works for what's me. planning for the show, we got two voicemails um, right now that are coming in, um, and uh, we actually got one or two others that were like, "Hey, Chris," and they wouldn't say goodbye. But I want to save those for for next episode, so I just want to play. <laughs> okay. I'm going to play the two that were just people calling in. I think the first one's from Jake. Let me see here. Is that hey, Jake? Dave. Hey, Chris. Just wanted to call and let you guys know I've got about four games of Age of Sigmar under my belt. Oh, wait. And boy, am I having a blast. Okay. Aesthetically, or I think that's the right way you say it, <laughs> just seeing all the models, not on movement trades, one inch from each other, across the battlefield, 100 models against 100 models, I have found that it looks more pleasing to the eye and looks like a mass saddle, like they're still ranked up, but they're one inch from each other, spread across, spread out across the battlefield instead of little bitty blocks. And for me, that looks 
more pleasing to the eye, for one. For two, it's fun. It's so much fun. Please, pass on the positivity about Age of Sigmar. Age has improved to Age of Sigmar. I think it's a great game, and it was the best move that GW could have done for my fantasy game. Wow. Anyway, this is Rocky from St. Louis. I believe you guys met Jake at Bits for the Jake Off. But anyway, I'm having a blast. So is Jake and all of us here in St. Louis. We appreciate what you do. Keep hope alive. I'll talk to you later. Okay, wow. Um, okay. Actually, Jake was the call right before that. I just clicked the wrong one. But, wow, there's someone who really thinks Age of Sigmar is a great a ring, thing. ringing from- endorsement. I mean, it, it does look cool on the round bases. It does look cooler. Um, they're able to do more with the models, to pose them out, spread them out, have more dynamic stuff. All the stuff that they were able to do with the 40K models that they couldn't do when you had to rank them up. But I don't want to get into whether Age of Sigmar is a great game or not on this episode. That is so not what this episode is about. Right. Because that's a whole can of worms. And honestly, I haven't decided what I think about it yet. Like, Harris and I were having fun, but it's it's so different. I'm not, I don't, you know. So but we'll save that. We'll save that. Here. Sure. Let's okay. get, here's actual Jake from St. Louis. Here he is. Hey, Chris and Dave. Jake from St. Louis. Uh, I was just calling in to say, uh, I had an absolute blast at Blood in the Sun. It was my first ever tournament. It was really great to meet you guys. Uh, I wish I had more time to, you know, get to know you guys a little bit, but they all looked busy and or not feeling very good. So, anyways, yeah, I was just calling to let you know how much fun I had at Bits, my first and last, apparently, Warhammer tournament. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys have to say about Age of Sigmar. Um, Yep. Anyways, I uh, just wanted to let you know that I apparently have your voicemail line memorized and <laughs> still a huge fan of the show. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Cool. Thanks for the message, Jake. It was cool to meet him in person. Yeah, and I felt bad that I only got to meet him for like two minutes because I was just not in any condition to do yeah, anything. Yeah, you were about to die. I was hurting. All right. One last voicemail, and then we're going to take a break, okay? Okay. Here it comes. This is Dave from Anchorage, Alaska. I thought it was Dave from Anchorage, Alaska. Alaska's a uh, long ways away. It's still in the airwaves. Well, it was Dave from Anchorage, Alaska, but it's not playing for some reason. Oh, well. Dave from Anchorage, Alaska called, and he wanted to say something. If I can get it working up, uh, I'll play it uh, next episode or something like that. Cool. Oops. All right. Anyway, that is the voicemail bag for, uh, for this week. And you know what? Let's take our first break because it's been like almost 20 minutes, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about in news and rumors. We'll talk about future show news and then our news and rumors segment. That sounds like a plan. All right. We'll be back. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and 
have custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. BattleFoam, protecting your army. We are back. We are back. back. Uh, so, news and rumors. Where do you want to start? Um, do you want to start with the show? Get oh, that stuff sure. out of the way, or do you want to start with sure. uh, like? Oh, we can start with the show. Okay. Um, so, as people have been hearing, and we didn't even have a real bits coverage episode because I really wasn't even there for most of it. And let's face it, like. I realized after the third game when I was deciding whether I was going to stay and, and we ate mm-hmm. and we played was even in between games, like once I got my game finished, I like turned in my sheet and went back and sat down at the table where I had played and didn't move hmm. because I had, I had I had kidney problems. I had kidney stones. And, um, yeah, that's not – you weren't looking too good. Yeah, well, see, well, I got home and it was a rough another couple of days. Sunday was pretty bad. Monday, not too bad. By Tuesday, I, I, had, a, I had a doctor's appointment. I went in. And this actually does have a point, I swear. Um, it turns out I'm not in the best of health, apparently. And <laughs> mm. I mean, I knew I was fat and stuff like that, but I didn't know, like, I mean, basically I'm not very healthy. And that this actually has to do with the future of the show. Now, as I've said a bunch of times already this episode and last, the show's not going anywhere. But, um, you know, we do this and we do After Olinor. Which has haven't done in a while because of all these damned end times books. Right. But I'm actually putting out an episode within the next 24 hours of that as well. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, I do all those Garage Gamers and we do the Gen Con episode and I do a lot of the extra episodes on my own for things. Um, I spend like 30 to 40 hours a month either recording or editing podcasts or putting together some of the show images for After Olinor. You got you take care of the show images for this episode, these mm-hmm. shows. You know, downloading, uploading, converting, all that stuff. I mean, it's a lot of work. Right. And uh, I have, like, things I have to do now, like doctor-ordered things that I have to be doing that are taking. And, and quite frankly, I want to spend time and do more stuff with my kids and stuff like that, too, you know? Um, so even though the show is not going anywhere... If I'm going to cover other things, um, they're going to be part of the regular show from now on. So, like, today we're going to be talking a little bit about Infinity. Mm -hmm. I mean, the game is still, you know, Garage Hammer. There's still a Warhammer focus. Well, it's it's the show's roots, after all. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's weird because this is a weird – I mean, there's so much going on. There's this whole transition with Age of Sigmar, which is a game, I, you know, we still haven't figured out how much we like, much less how much stuff there's going to be for it. Or what's going on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of shows have quit. I've heard at least two or three shows have said they're done, you know? Well, you know, the thing is, it, the question is how well will it translate into a game scene or a, a tournament scene? Right. And uh, I, I think that, I mean, a lot of TOs are struggling with that right now because it doesn't easily translate. You know, how do you make it. it fair? How do you make it competitive, balanced, all the rest of it? So I, I think that's why you see a lot of podcasts. If they're tournament-focused, I can certainly see why they're folding. Right. And there's some that aren't. That they're just like, hey, look, this, we don't like this game. That's not their, yeah, it's not their thing. Yeah, this is not what we're doing. Um, 
like I said, I'm still going to do it. There's still fluff. I'm still interested. I want to see where it goes, and I'm still doing it. But if I want to talk about Kings of War or when I go to Gen Con and cover it, uh, the Garage Gamers are getting folded into Garage Hammer. I just don't. I don't have the extra time to do mm-hmm. extra stuff. Right. It's got to be folded in, and I mean that. That's not a cop out, and that's not. Well, no, you've got to prioritize. I mean, if your light, your your health, personal health, and family are paramount. So yeah. you definitely want to take care of business there. Yeah. I think no one, no one's going to fault you for that. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? If, you know, you find out that your ticker is is working funny, and and that sort of seriously, that day that we were like, that day I talked to you, mm-hmm. I'm down here like waiting to go to my next test, like the last of these tests I was going through, and I'm downstairs picking up all my Warhammer stuff and kind of looking at it and looking at all the stuff and the recording equipment going. Mm-hmm. You know, I've spent like. Months and months, if not a year, of my whole life sitting in this basement with this game, you know, and you start to think about things like, hey, I could be out, you know, side, sure, you know, and it's it's not that I and I don't I don't regret anything I did, but it sort of put it in perspective of I put a lot of effort and a lot of uh, priority on this show over other things that I do, and something had to give, and I, you know, I'm not going to stop playing games so that I could just podcast. That would be stupid. You know, I actually want to play some games and I want to do things like that. So I'm sorry if this is long and dragged out and getting sort of melodramatic, but it's... (laughs) No, but I mean, it's it's important, so I... Yeah, I mean, you know, when you go, the other thing is people have been asking, you know, hey, what are you going to do for a co-host? And um, I don't have one picked out, Mm -hmm. and I don't think I will after you go. Um, I've got several people who have said, hey... Can I, uh, you know, can I help out? You need help. Um, people who've been on before, people who haven't, and I'm gonna, you know, depending on the topic, find someone who I think is a good fit a good for the fit. topic, sure, sure, and bring them on. And eventually, one of these guys hopefully will be a good fit to and be willing to come on the show permanently. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not. But until then, you have, you're not. Uh... I, you know what? I don't want to rush. I don't want to feel like I have to. I mean, I've known you've been going for a while, so it's not really rushing. But I also didn't. You know, it's it's hard to know until someone goes on and does a couple of shows right. with you. Yeah, yeah, you have to get them get to know them on the air. Listeners have to get to know them on the air. Right. They I mean, I did ask a few people, and I had a few people who who, who d- politely declined too. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're yeah. sort of in that place. Um, and I just hope that I hope that if people are listening to the show, I'm I'm still planning on giving them the same quality and and uh, you know the same sort of love of the games that we cover. Mm. That we've been covering. I know there was sort of like when Christopher left, there was like a huge drop in our numbers. Like, I think like thirty, thirty-five percent right in the beginning. Oh, yeah, I and I, and I wasn't that's not sure. Your fault. That's no. Well, I, there was a little. You and I had to develop a rapport on air. I think that was part of it. I think some people were, you know, assumed that once Chris left, that the show was going to be over. And maybe a lot of those people. Well, you and know, there are people who are Chris fans. There are people right, who are not Dave's fans, Chris, and when and Chris left, they're like... Eh. They didn't stick with it. Yeah. I mean, you could go through our reviews on YouTube, and there's like, well, the one guy knows a lot about the games. The other guy thinks he's funny, but isn't. <laughs> you know, right. I know when Christopher left, we were going to lose that. And I just hope some people will stick with me. Uh, you and I have actually built the show up, and I think the show's better than it's ever been. Um, we have better numbers than we've ever had. The production value is through the roof. I mean, you really jumped in and helped out on the creative side with the production value on the show, and... I just hope people stick with us um, while the second chair is sort of empty and rotating. Um, well, just think, just think of uh, you know the potential that it could go 
it can improve that much further, you know, once oh, uh, no one can once it evolves over, again. No one can improve over you, sweetheart. Oh, I'm sh- I'm sure it'll it'll <laughs> well, and it'll here's, improve. Here's the little bright bit of news. I know I had said when Christopher left that he's welcome back anytime, and we see how that's happened. Um, mm-hmm. But you, like, if we're talking Infinity, or we're still gonna like we're gonna play uh, uh, some of the Dark Age from uh, or Darklands. Yeah, from, we want to get our Mercia. Darklands game of the stuff we got from yeah. Russia, and you'll if if the topic is something you're interested in, you know, more Infinity stuff or a game you've played with me, sure, X Wing, yeah, you'll come on and, and sure. chit chat about it. You're not there's no aversion there to coming back on, which is cool. So it's like you're kind of it's like you're going, but you're not really gone. Plus, you're still right. helping produce the show. The, mm-hmm. Let people know that Chris is not going to be on the air, but I'm behind the scenes. Yeah, he's you know, still helping me produce this show. Uh, it's just. This way, you could you don't have to be committed to being on, in front of the mic a certain amount of times a month, and for well, it, all, it all comes down to the game. If it's a game I'm, that I'm not passionate about, that I'm not even really playing, then why should I be on air? No, right. You know what I mean? so, but hey, we'll have we'll definitely have some specials as our league goes on for this uh, Infinity because that's awesomeness. Yeah, there you, but there you go. I'm sorry if I brought the whole thing down, but honestly, seriously, I got health issues I got to address, so the. Extra stuff is getting cut out, but I don't necessarily want to cut it out. I mean, Christopher always said, Christopher's like, you know, he 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 has an open relationship with gaming. He plays lots of games. And we always mm-hmm. sort of wanted to bring up the other games we played other than Warhammer, even mm-hmm. though this is Warhammer-centric. And I still do that at times, and I'm still going to. But if I do it, I'm going to fit it in as a regular show. I just don't have the time or energy to devote to any of the extras anymore for, for right. this. So. And, you know, if that's a cop out, or if that's I, I don't know. I mean, I'm being honest with you guys. That's that's where I'm at. I gotta, I gotta. Take I, care I think of that. that's fair. I, it's, you know, like I said, I don't think anyone's going to fault you for that. And, to, well, you know, and but, I'm not saying this for an you know I don't need an outpouring of sympathy and oh Dave, we've, you know right. I, I'm just honestly I got health issues that I gotta I gotta attend to. Yeah, you gotta take care of business. And this is what's got and something's got to give. And so this is giving a bit. So there you go. So right. All right, now on to news that is not so self-serving. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I guess we should cover the GW news and rumors. The new rulebook is out for Age of Sigmar, and it's mostly pictures. And that's the rulebook that you have, right, that you yes. were showing to me? Yes, okay. it's nice. I mean, it's a nice rulebook, and the pictures are really kind of cool. Like, I look at it and say, wow, this is these are great. Like, I love the drawings. Um, but it's a 200-some-odd page book, and if you go through the first 100 pages of fluff, there's probably only about 30 pages total worth of text. Wow, it's pretty light, but it's such a I mean, massive. I'm, I'm, I'm estimating it is. It's a massive book, and massive publication. Yeah. There's huge, gorgeous artwork in it. But seriously, I showed it to you. If you, if anyone who hasn't seen the new rule book, if you have the uh, end times books, you know they're the three columns of text. Yeah. Okay, some of these are a double page spread of a beautiful, gorgeous picture of Sigmar doing jumping with an with the with the, with the hammer and mm. demons and stuff. And then there's one column of text on one of the two pages. Is it really dynamically written, attention, award-winning text? It's, Does it justify the, the, the shortness? It's kind of similar to the stuff in the End Times books, only it's less, so there's less detail. Right. Well, it's, it sets the stage for the entire game, for the entire universe, right? The experience, yes, more, so and to speak. It's, and it's setting the stage, but I've been hypercritical of other companies coming out with games without a lot of fluff or without... A lot of, um, you know, like oh, the start of you can only there's only three factions to pick from, or four factions, right? The, the the theater of it all. And so far, this has been sort of rolling out for a month, and we've got this 
the new Chaos faction, the new Sigmar faction, and some new Sigmar models, and all this other stuff that they're talking about. Uh, that, I want to know about all of it. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want to see this rolled out so piecemeal. Like piecemeal. I, yeah, it's like, and I'm not saying I'm not saying drop all the models today, but give me something about these new races. I want right. more paint, of paint that picture for us. Yeah. Right? Because, Put it in context. Right, because my my giant 30 years of history Warhammer world is gone, and that's now, oh, those are the ages in the past that most people don't remember. But some of these things flipped over, and now we've got this new stuff. If it wasn't GW, like mm-hmm. if I didn't already have so much sort of invested into what was going on, I'd, I think I'd be a little more critical saying, hey, you introduced a game with telling me that there's nine realms and then only giving me stuff about two. Where's my other seven? And I don't know that I want to wait that long. So that's my one critique is I want. Was this what you were, uh, what we were talking about before about the, you know, your rant was brewing? Is that what <laughs> yeah, this is? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. A little bit, you know. Um, so okay. I'm, I'm going to back off because it's, it's a gorgeous book and it's got some beautiful stuff in it. But, well, uh, but yeah, you've always been about the written word. So if it's light on that, then it's understandable. Yeah. You know, yeah. your frustration is understandable. Uh, so that's what I was a little annoyed with. Uh, Liberators are coming out. You saw them. They're the guys with the the Oshabti sized bows. It looks like these guys are all carrying around. Uh, <laughs> it's like they're walking around with bolt throwers. Yeah, those are <laughs> interesting. So you're going to get some more shooting guys next week, and they still don't have faces. They're still speaking masks. of uh, shooting. Let's talk about that guy with what looks like a big, I don't know, space missile launcher. Yeah, yeah, dude. What is? I mean, Ben Curry tweeted those pics, and I've been looking at them all day. Can't figure out what in the heck I'm actually looking at. Well, I never questioned its legitimacy. Like it looks like an AOS model, so it's. I don't know if that's wrong to assume that. By the time people hear this, I think we'll know for sure. I think it's what's coming down the pipe. For better or worse. Yeah. But it very, it feels very, I don't know, chaos space marine-like. Uh, it does. It de- well, I mean, they definitely look space marine and the story sort of, you know. Leaning towards that? I mean, are we seeing the uh, the coalescing of these two worlds that have long been talked about and now coming to reality? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> You know, people are saying that oh, Sigmar's actually the emperor, and this is linking together, and that makes, and now Slanesh is missing. I understand, but if you look at it in the context of it's a narrative targeted at junior high slash high school kids, and you know, a sprinkling of old men, right? But I'm just saying for the sake I, of the narrative, I don't I think, think they're pulling. Sl- I, I just don't think they're pulling Slanesh out of a out of the the narrative simply so that they can. Say, oh, look, he's not here yet, so he's actually going to be in 40K, and this is actually the Emperor. I I not, I personally am not buying that. You don't that. buy that? The more likely scenario is that they pulled it because they are targeting a younger audience, and they don't want that younger audience exposed to all things that are slanish. And everyone who's listening but knows his, what that is. But his followers, they talk about still being there, and the models are still there for that. So I don't, I don't even are, see where they I mean, if they kill the god, doesn't that mean we'll see less and less of that stuff? I don't know, because his followers are looking for it. He's not dead. He's missing. I suppose if he was dead, all of his little demons would be dead too, right? Because they're all a part of him. I don't know. I so mean, he's saying he's missing. That the, his, the wording? He's yeah. missing? Yeah, okay. he's but, missing. So you could still technically, a, a Slanish army is still kind of accepted, and it's yeah. not like urban legend like Chaos Dwarves of old where... No, no. No, he's, he's missing. In fact, I think that makes for a much more interesting thing, because they mentioned how... Tyrion and whatever went out and went after him. They went after Slanesh after he was so full and glutted and satiated from the destruction of the Warhammer world. 
mm-hmm. that when they got into their new places, they went after him, and now he's missing. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's like, ooh, what's going on there? You're actually, you know, intriguing me with some storyline. I don't think he's just dead. I think that would just be silly. Yeah, I. Uh, but but you know, like the lizard men, you know what happened to them. As someone who had just started a Slanesh army, it, it kind of like gives me a lot, a lot of pause. Like, oh, I see why am I working yeah. on this? Is this yeah, even yeah, going to yeah. exist? You know what I mean? Oh, so, no, I agree. Well, lizard so, yeah. still exist. They just got like a weird name now. No, oh, they all got weird names. <laughs> right. My Duarden. And the, the, the elves. There's two, two, there's two types of Duarden, too. Some who are really nice and some who are mercenaries and do stuff for money. It's... Whatever. I, like I said, I'm just, I want to see the fluff really, I, I don't want them, I don't want the fluff to come out too damn piecemeal. You know what I'm saying? Right. If well, this is I, a new universe and they're giving me all this stuff, I want to know about that sooner. That's just me. No, I, I agree. I think a lot of people are, are the same, but it just seems like their business model, given, you know, with their, with their releases and everything, and I think you will see that every time they release a new you know, option a new battle scroll or whatever it is that they'll have a piece of fluff to accompany it to, to help put it in context again. Yeah, I just yeah, I I want to see some more fluff. I don't necessarily need to see eighty dollar books every two months because I still feel a little burned on mm-hmm. all those end times books. But right. that's another story. Um, let's see. Oh, have you seen this unofficial GW? Con- Someone s- sent me that. Have you seen it? The apparently there was some GW stores that. Uh, had put up their own comp for tournament play, so but it came from someone at a GW store, but it's not official GW stuff. The unofficial comp is floating around. People are trying left and right to build a comp that makes the game uh, easier to be more equal uh, and more fair. Um, yeah, you know, if, my opinion is that is going to take a long time to 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 come to fruition. And as someone who's not interested in helping create that you know total respect to those who are trying because it's a massive undertaking oh yeah that's no small task no uh, you know i i me i would just kind of let them let them duke it out and once it comes out then then partake <laughs> it's or if you want to play test it and actually be a part of it i suppose you could you could do that too exactly so but that's uh that's kind of it I think for news and rumors, you know, we're still hearing rumors that there might be some sort of actual legit competitive play. Oh, uh, version of the game. Stuff coming out. That's still in the rumors. Um, Although I don't know. Is that a rumor or a wish list? That's, I can't tell. You know what I'm saying? I don't know anymore Mm. because, you know. Rumors are all over the place, you know. Right. There's a lot of noise in the system, so to speak. Exactly. And, you know. Everybody's raging about whether it's good or not. Even today, I'm seeing. Well, I'm going out to play Malifaux with my friends tonight. You know, mm. looking forward to a fun, tactical, thoughtful game. <laughs> okay, not yeah. age, hashtag not Age of Sigmar. It's like, all right, right whatever. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hate on both sides, right? Yeah, it's just like you said. You either you you're with us or against us. You know, pick a side. Right, and uh, I mean, I get that people who like to play in tournaments or who want to run tournaments are having trouble with this. I can appreciate that completely. Um. I'm kind of surprised on, on on some of the people on both sides. Some of the more competitive people I know are like, "Oh, I really love this game." Like they're all in. And I yeah, that is surprised. actually a, a very surprising thing. Like like Brad, you know, Relian, the fact that he's a tournament player 
This and, is clearly not yet. At and least. he's loving now, it. Yeah, I'm gonna ha- he's, yeah, Brad. I'm, I'm he's all, all in. Him yeah. and Andrea, they're all in. I'm definitely having him and Andrea on. I want to know why, where the tournament gamer who is so focused like that, mm-hmm. as, how, how he managed to embrace this this easily. Because, honestly, our gaming group, completely, I'm the only one who's even remotely interested in anymore. Although, Grant did text me a couple days ago and say, hey, I've been playing it and I like it, so when can we get a game in? So, mm. And actually, I think he's been uh, tweeting about putting an event together. Yeah, like a one-day Age of Sigmar. Hey, you know what? Yeah. He did Pure Hammer, and Pure Hammer worked out great. Right. I would love to do another day like that, you know, where it's just like, hey, come in and play the games and enjoy it mm-hmm. in a sort of non-competitive, we're just getting together to have a really good day sort of and thing. And actually, uh, Luke has expressed some interest in it, too. So he may come back. I mean, he, he yeah. played fantasy with us way back when we started Eighth, and yeah. it kind of fell all, fell away, but... You know he's he's talked about it too, so he may come back come back as well. Yeah, he's he was having fun. Harrison's having fun with it. He wants to introduce a couple of his friends to it because he's mm-hmm. like, this will be quick to pick up. It's kind of fun. You can roll yeah. some dice, have a good time. So I just like I said, I feel it's like it's weird. I'm so bipolar over this because some days I feel real great about it. Like I'm reading some of the stuff, going, wow, the synergies are great, and this stuff's here, and I'm really looking forward to where this is mm-hmm. going. And then other days, and I'm like. Ah, oh, screw this game. Like, I just, uh, seriously, like, I've had one of those days today where I actually started off this morning kind of positive about it, doing stuff with Harrison, and by this afternoon, I'm like, hey, come on now. Hmm. You know? Yeah, I don't think you're the only one. I think I, I get the impression that Rotor is a little bit back and forth on, on it as well. Yeah, although I think that they, after last Thursday, that was, like, well, like, hey, there's a game group that gets together every Thursday night to game, right? Right. You know, they only get one day a week to play games. They're going to get to play one or two games. And if if they can't even tell if this is going to be balanced or if, so, you know, right. it's like, well, why bother when I can play a game I know is going to be. I know right. that's engaging be. for the whole time. Right. Yeah. And and that's a legit thing. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, you know, even like with the rumor with the, uh, you know, there might be tournament rules. They might be brushing it up. They've never said they're brushing it up. They've in fact, mm-hmm. everything that comes out has been saying, no, these are the rules. That's it. You know, people keep saying it's a living document. Who's ever said it's a living document? I never heard GW anywhere use the term living document, that they're going to be updating this if there's questions and stuff like that. That seems very anti-GW, given their track record. Who knows? They may change their, their, you know, their whole tune. I mean, I love it, but right now, I mean, there's things that need, that have questions need answering, even in a four-page document, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, a little perspective, right? Yeah, but um, like I said, I'm, I'm hoping it becomes amazing. I am hoping that I really love it and that I have a ton of fun with it in the future. But if not, I've got other games to play. And that's going to lead us right into our next break. We'll come back with the toolbox, talk about the uh, all the Infinity stuff we've been building, and then get to the main topic. Sounds like a plan. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. 
And we're back, talking some Garage Hammer, Dave and Chris. Yeah, back, back, back. So, getting kind of deep into the episode for a shorter episode, and we haven't really talked about the uh, main topic, but mm. I'm sorry, we, you know, hey, we got to clear up what's going on. This game, the game, the shows, all the, our whole community is in flux. So sure, yeah, in flux is a good word, lots of digest here, right? Cut us a little flack, slack, guys, we're doing our yeah. best. Um Let's do a quick toolbox brought to us by Chaos Orcs Superstore. Chaos Orcs Superstore. So what you been up to? Oh, man. I've been reading a little bit, working on Mechanicum, getting stuff yep. ready for after Lenore. And I, the Gates of Azir came out, which is a short, it's a short hardcover. I guess I'll call it a novella because it's like about 150 pages, I think. Hmm. One of those smaller books that uh, Black Library puts out. You, know, the you sp- must be appreciating this, the shorter length. Well, yeah, uh, you know, fifteen bucks though for a short yeah. book like that. Huh. Um, but it's uh, it's basically the story of Sigmar opening up the gates and pouring out to try to stop chaos. You know, that's oh, so it's totally uh, topical, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, did they release it with this release in mind? It came out the same day as the. Uh, it came out the same day as the uh, starter box. Oh, I see. Okay, so it's coordinated. Yeah, kind of Black effort. Library is okay. basically putting out fluff supplements to. You know this. You know the book tells you a little bit about the story. That's the whole thing. You right. know, you've got the eight realms. They were all there. Fine. Chaos realized they were there. Started attacking, kicking everybody's butt. They were trying to get Sigmar's realm, the realm of heavens, and Sigmar closed the gates and said, "Nope, you're staying out, and I'm going to figure out a way to stop you." And now he's nice. got the Sigmarite warriors. You know the Sigmarines, as people are yep. calling them. Sigmarines. Now, like that. That the, now that the Sigmarines are ready, they're opening the gates of Azir and pouring out to take on Chaos. That's basically what the box set is. Gotcha. Okay. That's, that's what the story is. It's some interesting stuff. You know, I'm going to read it. In fact, I think Greg Dan is going to probably come on. We're going to talk a little fluff, Gates of Azir, and the fluff from the new rule book. Mm-hmm. Uh, see what we've got and sort of dig our teeth into that as best we can. Well, it's a good move by them if they can get people's blood flowing the same way, uh, you know, that the 40K novels do, then that's a win for them for sure. Exactly. Absolutely. But that's all I've been reading. Have you been reading anything other than your Infinity Rulebook? Uh, uh, no, nothing <laughs> comes to mind. God, that rulebook's pretty cool. Um, that's pretty it, well, well you, have the, you have the downloadable version, which is missing all the fluff. And in fact, if you want to borrow the fluff, because I know you're a big fluff person, you can borrow that that half of the book and, and read through. Oh, wait so you know why the different factions are fighting. Oh, okay, yeah, because I got yeah. I mean, is, seriously, that's not that's 176 pages I printed up. Is, yeah, is that's the rule just the even rules. longer. So that's yeah. just the rules. Okay, so um, about um, I would say two thirds of the the you have two thirds of it. The, the remaining third is just the fluff book. You know what? I may have to I may have to break down and just buy the damn book. Mm. I mean, it's a good, it's a good read. Well, here's I, the thing: I was holding off until I decided whether or not I liked the game. Right. Uh, I, I think I'm going to buy the book. And you like the game? Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's. It's. Do you want to talk about our? Well, game yeah, or? well, yeah. Let's we'll get to that next. Let's finish off our little toolboxy stuff and get to that. Sure. But I think I'm going to have to buy the book because, 
I would like to know a little bit more about the fluff because right now I just know the I just know what was on the website, which is like that two paragraphs per right, right. faction, and uh, yeah, okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it because I've been okay. having fun with it. Um, modeling, um, I built eighteen pano models for Infinity and built the entire Age of Sigmar uh, starter box. Wow, you've been on a tear. That's a lot of models. Yeah, that's uh, like forty something models for Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what. This isn't the push fit, stick it in the whole models that they had in the uh, Battle for Skull Pass. This is even more advanced than the models from Island of Blood. This is, you know, some it's, of them are pretty simple. It's the simple. big time, right? Wow. I mean, just some of them are simple. Like some of these, I keep calling them marauders, but they're the ones who look like the marauders. Sure. You know, you get 20 of those guys. And some of them are two pieces. And it's like the head and arm are one piece, and then the rest of the body is the other piece. But mm. they're all wearing these thick collars, like those collars of corn, the thick spike collars. Yeah, yeah. But they're not tight on the neck. They're loose. And you're looking at them going, how are these on there? And it's like part of that other piece. And as you lay it down, it looks like it's laying loose on it. But it's not. it's really – I mean, you saw them. I was showing them to you, the models. Yeah, they've always – I mean, they've gone above and beyond in terms of the way they've engineered those models, the Tip way that they, they come together. I mean, I don't even know what – drives them to make such design decisions maybe the, the plastic holds better together or i'm sure there's some reason for it but well now that they got all the computer stuff once you, you can design anything and then have the computer cut it up in a way that it's thin enough to fit on that sprue because it's got to fit that sprue width you know right i'm sure they're maximizing plastic oh sure joint strength and the rest of it uh, yeah yeah, yeah I mean, but it's very it's very interesting to see and but you compare that Especially in your case, since you just did a whole bunch of both AOS and Infinity. I mean, the one knock with Infinity models, and a lot of people tweet this, is that the models are very fiddly, fiddly very hard to keep put together and keep together. I've, I, it took me two days before my flipping iPhone would recognize my thumbprint after building those models. Yeah. Because <laughs> I got so much stupid Loctite on them and peeling off right. the Loctite. I could, seriously, I couldn't use my thumbprint recognizer on my iPad. You know, first world problems. Right. But, that's how, oh, my God. And then all those stupid little little head flare, like the little wing things, like like the ear wing things on the, because I'm playing Pano, which totally isn't my way of playing normally. Like, you know, normally I take the crappy hordes of gunk that I just bury yeah, cheap in. stuff. And, and I was like, you know what? I never take the guys who have, like, the best of everything. The shiny. It's almost the, the elves, you could say. Kind of, yeah. They're very expensive. There's few of them, right? They have the best technology. <laughs> kind of like them they're really kind of awesome oh. but man it took me a long i mean some of these mo- I, I was just putting together i forget who what they're called but man it took me like almost an hour to put this one model together because this chick those two you had to put the two arms onto the torso at the same time mm, right yeah and there's then, a lot of that you know and her head had to fit on a certain way and yeah. i'm pouring loctite on the metal and I'm like, oh, dear, please don't make me pin this. Dear Lord, please don't make me pin this. And I know I'm getting lazy because before I wouldn't have even questioned it. I would have just drilled into her head and drilled into the torso and popped that head on with a pin. And I'm just, like, sitting there gluing it and putting extra glue and then holding it and holding it. Right, your it, finger and thumb it, are stuck together. Yeah. I'm just, like, sticking to your body parts. As I'm pulling my thumb away from the top of the head, I'm like, please don't stick to the head. Please, Oh, it's stuck. Right. Pull the head right. off. Right. Scrape away the glue. Start again. Yeah, it's no, it's no easy task. I guess the saving grace there is you only need 10, 15 models, right? And then you're done. Well, I've got like 18 I built. I used I used uh, 12 in our game, and I still had some extras. 
that uh, stuff that I bought. Yeah. Uh, I will say this: I I uh, I want more. Uh oh! I did. They got you. Yeah. Well, I ordered. Uh, well, I ordered for uh, the Age of Sigmar. I I, pick, I, I ordered. I got to go pick them up tomorrow. Some of those new terrain things, those gates and stuff, because they yeah. just look really cool. I like that. Mm. The, oh, you'll be very happy to know that with all this stuff coming out and having to use more terrain and things like that, not just for the that, but even for Age of Sigmar, as I mm. as I don't know what to paint and I don't want to rebase my dwarves, and I'm sort of. Oh, you're working on terrain. Yeah, I'm like, hey, you know, well, here's the thing. Now, because you're not on movement trays, you know those forests? You're not allowed to move the trees. Oh. It actually specifically says you can't go through those things. So, like, when you put the trees on the base, if you move your models through the forest, you're just supposed to go around the trees because there's not a movement tray to get in the way. Okay, so you have to glue those things in now? Well, I don't know if I'm actually going to glue them on, but I'm actually going to finish the trees finally because uh, they store easier not being glued. Sure. I'm thinking I want to put some of the leaves on some of them too even and not just yeah, go for the trees. But it's like I have a reason to do that now. I'm like, oh, we should just paint these up. Plus, Harrison wants to get his friends playing, and I think having a little bit more nicer terrain so when they come right, and see right. the game, we'll get them. Yeah, that's that's the big sell, right, how visual it is. Yeah, So, but that's what I've been doing, doing that. And I want to tag... I know that they're. I know everyone says they're like a hundred points. You're switching back to infinity. For those who don't know the lingo, tag is a a tactical armored gear, which is basically a big mech or robot. It's like a giant Gundam. It looks like a big ass Gundam. I'm like, I want one of these. I want a Robotech suit. Yeah, and they are pretty sweet. Yeah. So, but that's so. I'm. I'm, That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm. I'm building stuff. I'm starting to prime stuff so I can get. More of this terrain painted. I will say one cool thing is all those little fancy bits of terrain we bought, all the arcane fulcrums, yeah. um, you know, the, the the little watchtower and the chapel and the and the fences, uh, the Garden of Moor, Witch Fator, all of those, yeah. they all have their own special rules. So if you play them on the board, mm. uh, it says you can either roll up a random thing. Every piece of terrain does something now, so everything's a little wonky. There's no... Ain't nothing in this planet that's normal. You can't just walk into a house. Right, right. It's got to be a gingerbread house or someone's been sleeping in my bed. There's always got to be something going on. So they have rules for all of them. So as Harris and I laid them out, it was like we didn't know what they were. I'm like, well, let's look up the rules and play by the rules. Oh, sure. All the stuff you laid out is good for the Sigmar guys. I'm like, oh, son of a gun. Well, it it seems like if that's the case, then every table would be chock full of terrain. Right or no? Is that not the case? Um, they actually had a thing. They said if you don't want to, if you don't want to pick yourself, you can roll on a roll two d six, and for every two by two square, it's between yeah. zero and three pieces of terrain. Oh, I see. So you could you have, have an anywhere from no terrain. On, uh, if you're playing a four by six board, you could have anywhere from no terrain to up to eighteen pieces. Right. Although I think eighteen pieces would be pretty crowded, but. Um, but you have that option too. I okay. think That's... I think you need it with all the with all the units being not in trays and being able to move so much. much looser, yeah. You need some of that. I think almost like in your in your other skirmish games, your smaller number model skirmish games, mm-hmm. having some blocking up lanes to force people to move out to sides and attack from different angles and stuff. Mm. I think and uh, that stuff might be important for the for the new game. But okay, but I don't know because I haven't played enough. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What have you been building? 
Uh, lots of Infinity stuff. Uh, I just I had prepared for a tournament that happened a couple weeks ago, so I've got a lot of stuff built for that. I wanted to talk uh, about that, too, so let's not forget about that when we, as soon as we finish up the toolbox. Let's talk about your tournament. Sure, yeah, we'll circle back to that. Uh, Infinity Terrain, been building a lot of that, and been doing some airbrushing. How's um, that coming for you? Pretty good. It's it's. I'm I'm building up the courage to get in closer and closer. Uh, mostly as of now, it's been relegated to the bases and and kind of neon light effects and that that sort of thing that's prevalent in Infinity. Right. Uh, I'm starting to do a little bit of uh, object source lighting, but that's kind of experimental. So uh, where do you, you, know, where do you airbrush at your house? In my basement. Uh, that's that's where everything is set up, and I've right. got a uh, mask and goggles and everything down there. So, so but if, you're just if, off in the back corner. You're so you got. Yeah, well, we have a uh, an outdoor porch table that my in laws gave to us that have, has all these chairs. It's a really nice kind of uh, a glass table, right? That I just laid some plastic down on top of that, and I have a light there, and that's that's where I airbrush. Because I wanted to airbrush in my basement, but it's finished, and I know there's going to be a lot of mess. Plus, I don't have a ton of ventilation down here. Right. Well, if your if your basement is finished and people are hanging out there, that's you don't. I don't think you want to airbrush there. Mine's unfinished, so I could just do whatever. Right. Well, I mean, there ain't nobody hanging out down here, but me. Right. But it's exactly. Still, it's finished. I would have to lay plastic. Well, oh, you have a TV and, down there. Harrison oh, yeah. plays video games down there. And, well, I found out I was airbrushing down here one day, and I had laid down plastic to block where I was. Uh-huh. And I pulled up all the plastic later, and you could see exactly at the edges yeah, where just yeah, like yeah. the mist of color hit. I was like, oh, son yeah. of a. It gets everywhere. It yeah. may not be really apparent, but it's there. Well, you know, the thing is, I can't do it out in my garage. It's a big pain. Mm. So it's like I got to find a place to do it. I may just have to build like a, something like a little booth. Well, they sell the those little ventilation booths that just sucks the air out. Yeah, I may have to get one. Of, I may yeah. have to. I may have to. You know, break down and buy one of those. Right. If you want to get any mileage out of an airbrush, for sure. Yep. And I'm still you can't thinking, do it in your garage. No, no kidding. And I'm still considering. I have those. Uh, the um, those molds that I was buying from the Hearst starts. Oh yeah, the Hearst ones. And all that stuff's great for the fantasy stuff, but now for the Infinity stuff, it's not as good. Mm. I want to at least check and see if they've got anything with some round stuff. Okay, so I want to do those custom round bases for the dwarfs. I may uh, redo right. them into custom rounds. I but see. I just, yeah, I haven't decided yet. I may not go so fancy custom with them. That's that's about it for, in terms of uh, modeling for me. No, I'm sorry. Modeling. I just totally blabbing yeah, about. Oh, sorry. So okay, well, and so I guess for other, uh, we played some Infinity. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, yeah. what did you think, dude? That game was kind of awesome. Like the first time we played, we played with the three guys, and I was like, okay, it's simple, and I kind of get right. it. And it was well, okay that, so that introductory game was just okay. How do you roll dice? What do you need to hit? How do you move a guy? How do orders work? It's very rudimentary, right? Uh, once you introduce the strategic element of it, what are you trying to achieve, the objectives, that sort of thing, then that opens up. That's really where the game, I think, comes into its own. Yeah, it, it was very cool. We had a re- I had a really good time. Uh, it was a little stressful in the beginning because I really kind of was like, I felt overwhelmed. There is a lot mm. of information and a mm-hmm. lot of stuff going on there. Um. You know, I'm just I, I'm so used to the D6. I've got this stat, you've got that stat. It's a right. four up or down one, and now it's like, oh, this is a thirteen, and that's a twenty-two, and this well, is a seven. Well, I mean, it's the same concept, but instead of a D6, it's a D20, and there's just a higher number of variables that are in play. So, you know, 
if you're buying cover, it's a minus three. If uh, you know what I mean, that sort of thing. And, right, and but even if in you're the weapons, range, it's, it's like another okay, minus here's three. the different. The, each weapon it's got a little range chart for the bonuses right. and minuses, and then it's got what type of ammo it's using, mm-hmm. and that has special rules for different. I was like, oh my lord! Yeah, like, it's literally what it. In when, the beginning, but once yeah. you get familiar with it, I mean, everyone uses the same weapons. Everyone uses combi rifles or pistols or yeah. whatever. Everyone uses, you know, breaker ammunition. So, for the most part, a lot of those the terminology is the same. And as you, you'll pick it up in a few games. You'll know it like the back well, of your hand. By the so. time we got to the end of the game, I, I kind of, I, I was able to say, okay, now I need this. You know, like when I was checking with you, I was getting it all right. Right. All right, so wait, so I need this, or th- so okay, so we take this, 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 and this, so that makes this, and mm-hmm. then I adjust this, and so this is what I need to roll, and you're like, yes, I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah. But after that first turn, you moved all your guys, and I'm like, okay, I'm pl- I, even on deployment, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, what, what, what do I do? I'm yeah. like, I'm just going to put these things down here, kind of like this. I'm like, this seems smart. Yeah, it's the best. The best way to learn is to actually go through the paces, right? Yeah. It's just like just like Warhammer. When I when I first learned, I was terrified. Like, what what am I doing? I have no idea what I'm doing. You know. You just, it's the best way is just, just jump in and learn by, you know, trial by fire. Yeah. So, I mean, we played a 300-point game. Now, I will say this. I want to thank Relian. Um, I was on vacation, and I actually tweeted it out um, because, who was it? Uh, Miniature Market was having their sale. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, dude, it's a great deal. You got to buy. If you need some more pano stuff. And all I had was that six-guy starter set. Right. So I'm like, all right, 300-point games. What would I need? Like, what should I buy besides a starter set? And Relian and a couple other people were like, oh, this, 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 and this. So I basically bought everything Relian said and okay. then, like, a couple other things that other people said. And right. I figured, well, that's going to be enough to get started. Then I emailed him and said, okay, look, here's a <laughs> list of everything I own. I need a 300-point list. I'm like, you need to do this because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And I'm going to say this. Um, I was on their website, and it's cool that their website, you can click on armies, and they have their own little army builder mm-hmm. yep. Yep. Uh, sort of program going. I don't know if my downloadable version of the rules doesn't have all of the Pan O things listed. I don't know if the main no, rule the, book. The, the rule book only gives you like a, a brief overview of what's available to yeah. your faction. So, so where do I get the rest of that information? Because, damn, that list is long. And I'm sorry, going on all those little circles and looking yeah. at their names and clicking. Dude, that is, I I need a list. Like I just I need some I need a hard printout, just a list of names and stats. Not clicking one to one to one and trying to figure out where things are, and then losing them as soon as I click off of that to the next guy. Well, I mean, you build your list in that uh, on, on their site. It's just like Army Builder. If you if you click on a symbol, it gives you the option for whatever guy with a shotgun, whatever. You double click that, and that puts it in your list. Right, and I, I and I get that, but what I'm saying is like even an Army Builder, I can hit like. Core and Army Builder lists all my core Warhammer things and all mm-hmm. their stats, or okay. it did, like say for Eighth Edition. Right. So I could sort of compare. Okay, I can see the basics of each each guy that would fit in core. Here, it's every single guy, special character, special. And seriously, Pano must have like fifty something different entries, and they're all just a little circle. And I click one, and it shows up him and all their options. But then if oh, I want to go look it, at something else. Is it the else, circles, like the unit badges yes. that you're reacting to? Yeah, it's like each, you, you click on a unit badge and then it gives you that their their list. Right. But it's like, I guess I'm just used to having a whole list in front of me where I can kind of flip between them and compare them and contrast them. Whereas on this uh, thing, if I'm sort of clicking, and maybe it's just not, I wasn't getting the, the mechanism down, but 
you, you know, know I, I, it took me a while to get used to it too. I mean, we're all, you know, you'd rather read what you're comparing rather than look at symbols because you have to, you have to learn what the symbols are and it'll just, it'll take you a while right. to get used to that. But you well, know, that's part of it is there was like, there was literally had to be like 50 badges and I was basically just completely clicking on them at random because I didn't know what any, like a badge gave a name of a, of a person and a, and a, and a classification, like a unit, right? Yeah, uh, but that there's nothing about stats, and so I'd click on it and kind of look at the stats, and then I, if I wanted to, comp- you know, like when I open up my my Warhammer book and it says core, I've got three or four listings, maybe over two pages or three right. pages, I've got listings, and I can just sort of generally compare the the basic stats quickly between a yeah. multiple units, whereas here I'm not even certain. Well, it doesn't what. work that way. I mean, there's no. no- I mean, there's it. You know, you, the only requirements you have in this game really is that you have a lieutenant, right? And that you don't exceed the special weapons cost, which I don't oh, know. Oh, is if that you, what SWC stands yes, for? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yep, see, there you go. It's all coming together. So certain things, like you know, all the the, the tricks that you normally want to bring, like a heavy machine gun or a tag, right. come with a, an SWC cost. And I think it's you're allowed one point for every one point of SWC for every fifty points in your list. So a 300-point list, I would be allowed six points. Correct. Exactly right. Oh. So other than that, I don't think there are any requirements in terms of building a list. Now, you definitely want to build your list towards whatever the mission objectives are. Those entail different things. But other than that... Yeah, that uh, I didn't know about really either. Well, no, but your so list was actually attention. pretty good. Well, like I said, yeah. I just sent it to Brad and said, what should I do? And he goes, here, this is a good all-comers list for what you have. Yeah, you're, it was, you had a lot of, you know... Packers and specialists, a lot of weapons. Uh, yeah, so it was actually it was, a pretty good list. Talk about an intense game, too. Talk about yeah, so, a game that, wow, just, so it's always the, my turn. Like, it, it is, it is. Even when it's not my turn, i got to watch. Oh, did you cross my line of sight? I'm shooting at you. Yeah, you know, and, and I was talking to someone about this, and it, it's a, in a lot of ways it's a more intense game than Warhammer because, like you said, it is always your turn. You you always have to pay attention to exactly what your opponent is doing because, like you said, if he crosses into your line of fire, you can take a shot. I really can't be like, okay, you finish your movement. I'm gonna go get. A, I'm gonna go pee. Like I would you be know, like, listen, yeah. I gotta go to the bathroom. We gotta stop. Like you have to stop playing if your opponent right. has to walk away to go make a sandwich or something. Right, you're constantly engaged because you know the big shot against Warhammer Eighth was that okay? What's well, your turn? You know, I'll, I guess I'll just yeah, I, I'll just hang out. Yeah, until I'm yeah, yeah, until the until the end of the combat phase when I'm rolling. You know, and I I didn't think it was that much in Warhammer, partially because I'm very big in the movement phase, so I was always kind of watching my opponent, seeing where he was moving and making you know. Plus, sometimes you're playing, people get loosey goosey with their movement, so you kind of want right. to watch yeah. and be like, "Hey, we ain't playing that way." Yeah. But I mean, you always get to you, you get to roll during the magic phase. You're countering. You get to obviously during combat, you're rolling dice. But here, it's like every step of the way. In fact, your one guy moved out. He was on that last turn. He moved out, and I get shot. I'm like, "Hey, can this guy see him too?" Yeah. And you're like, "Yeah." That's, I'm like, that's how it works. "Can I take a shot at him with this guy?" Because I I I made him unconscious, but I could kill him. Mm. And you're like, "Yeah, take the shot." You know. It was just it was it was crazy. It's a lot of rules took me a little while to get used to, but once we got used to them, that is an intense game. Infinity really, yeah, it I is. Gotta say, it is an intense game. It scratches my itch for some hardcore tactical nonsense when you're playing. <laughs> that's that's good to hear. You know, some of the guys I was talking to at the the tournament I went to are ex fantasy players, uh-huh. and a lot of them would say, you know, it's great for a one day tournament, but they don't know if they could handle it for a two day tournament. It might be too. 
too intense. Oh heck, a one day tournament would be a lot for me right now, just because I'm still learning the rules. But it is, it, dude. You gotta pay attention all the time, right? right. And it is really cool, but there's so much going on. And I mean, we screwed up and made mistakes on some of the things. Well, mistakes, yeah. It's such a, a a deep game and, and rules rich game that yeah, mistakes are going to happen all, all the time. Even veterans that I play, mistakes happen all the time. Yeah, and you know what? It, 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 part of me says some of the rules. There, there, there's there are some parts in that game where I'm like, really? You, you like know, what parts? You, I mean, some of the, I mean. The rules getting into the minutia. This guy has this ability, and he's using this gun with this ammo. So oh, I'm looking right. up three or four different sets of rules to figure out how they all mesh together, so that this one character can move and fire his weapon. That's a lot of things to be looking up. And I guess, and granted, like with any game, as you get used to it, yeah, it's a it's finite easier, number of combinations. But dang, there was. It, I'll tell you what, when you start playing and there's 170 some odd pages and you look at that table of contents and there's a whole section for character types, then there's a section for weapons, then there's a section for special abilities, then, then there's a section combat for weapons. ammunition. And I'm like, right. a section for ammunition? Seriously, at some point, I felt a little overwhelmed. I was just like, whoa. But um, it is cool. Honestly, if Relian hadn't built my list, I wouldn't. I, I would have not known what to do. Like, I would not have known how to make a list. Oh yeah, I mean, I would have you, literally you, just taken the models on the table that right. that I had built, and said, "Okay, how many points is this?" and just thrown it in there. I mean, it takes some time to play around with that army builder to familiarize yourself with the the unit badges for sure, and you know what does what, the different weapon options. So yeah, it, it takes some time to get. It's a whole new you know universe. Yeah. Right? I mean, heck, uh, we played and I had. 12 models. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one unit because it was the 10 models plus the two little attached cycles or whatever right. those things were, the, the little bots, autobots. The remotes, yeah. And you had like, what, 18 models? Uh, 17, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, But that's just the way that I run. I run a lot of cheap guys with tons of orders. So the way that, for those who don't know, for every guy that you have, he comes with an order, typically. Yeah. And so... He, if you have 10 guys, that's a pool of 10 orders, and you can parse those out to however you want. Five right. guys can take you know, all 10 of them, or the one super guy that you have can take all 10, sure. or each one can take one. However, it depends on what you want to do and what the, the tactical situation calls for. Right, and we'll go into that a little bit more as we're covering, uh, as we're covering a little bit more in depth on the game in general a little later in the show. I think, but that that was one of the really cool things. It took a while to get to to learn is that you could actually have one guy be like a superhero. <laughs> he moves yeah. eighty feet, jumps thirty five feet, and flips, turns, kicks, shoots, bam. Could well, be, yeah. you know, if, if that's what you want to do, if you want to pump all the orders into one guy, so that's your option. Yeah, yeah it's kind of there's very cool stuff going on with that. But basically, and it came down to the last couple of dice rolls, really, which was kind of fun. I think yeah, that was so our, our league scenario was, uh, you know, armory. So the the idea was to get into the armory, grab as many weapons as you could, and and hold the armory right. as the objective. And uh, you and I were fighting, you know, just just destroying guys, laying waste left and right to all these guys, flamethrowers going off and shotguns going off, and it came down to the last roll, right? My guy scoring off against your heavy infantry dude. Yeah, and I did that so stupidly too. Oh, I was so pissed once I realized that, like. Because it was literally go through a door, we both shot at each other, and right. if, if, if 
basically I had to die for you to win the game. If I was still standing at the end of that turn, if that guy was still standing, I won. Right. And uh, I jumped out of so cover. It, you, and you was could have, Yeah, you could have just shot around the corner, getting the benefit of the cover. But yeah. instead, you just kind of you, you threw caution to the wind and walked through the door. I didn't even door. think about it, though, because I'm not – I don't think I, – I have – I'm still not thinking in that sort of a mindset of crawling along the wall, keeping that cover. Uh, you know see, what I'm when you did that, I thought, okay, well, he's he's clearly just going to throw caution to the wind. He doesn't care, and he's going to bet heavy to win heavy. That's what I thought you were thinking. No, in fact, as soon as that ended, and I was like, wait a minute, I could have because I said, anyway, wait a minute, I could have stopped right here, couldn't I, and gotten the cover from the dog, done the shot, and then used my last action to step into the building and still win it. And you're like, yeah, you could. I was like, oh, I can't believe I screwed right that up. Up. <laughs> right. Because it was so cool, because it was coming down to the last one. I know it's like my first real game, so I don't feel bad losing. Mm-hmm. But damn, I was that close to winning. And that was, you know, so it was just like, oh. I, I, and and I, I felt, you know, I just, I was like, oh, I should have oh, yeah. oh. noticed that in the rules. But it was. Well, any any game that comes down to the last roll is, fun. is, is a good game, yeah. for sure. Um, I'm going to have to. Either eventually I'm going to have to invest in a mat and some terrain too, I guess, because I can't just make you keep bringing all your tubs over here. I don't. I don't mind. I mean, I every time I you know meet people to play, I bring it. It's so. nice stuff, man. It is. It's good. Stuff, it it so. is cool. It's such a different aesthetic. Uh, yeah. It's you know the futuristic, colorful. I, I really love it. Well, and the thing is, I can order up the you know they have the two foot by two foot paper mat with the like ten little boxes of terrain. Right, yeah. And that's only like I think like ten bucks. Yeah, it's dirt cheap. I could buy four of those or five of those. You know, the cost of one one box of the new my new GW models and have five mm. of those things of terrain. And that's enough to really get playing on a bigger board. You know, it forty, is. fifty it bucks. Is. Yeah. Corvus Belly, the company that makes Infinity, have done a great job of doing a lot of uh, introductory terrain that's easy to build, looks great, and it's it's affordable. It's the cardboard stuff, and you know what? Cardboard stuff is good enough. Like it looks nice because it's all printed on the sides and stuff. Right. Yep. Um, the MDF board stuff that they sell through their website through that company that does that for them. Yeah, there's a lot of different suppliers that, that make it. That stuff's really nice. You've got some really nice stuff, but that starts running into multiple hundred dollar boards and. It could, yeah. People right call it, it's it's often said that people spend way more on terrain than they do their actual army. Oh yeah. So. Well, I mean, like I said, how much? I mean, how much is your I mean, ask how much. I mean, if you count the cost of the mat, because those mat, the nice mat you have isn't cheap, uh, and then the terrain. boards and the MDF and all that stuff. How much is your board coming to cost between the mat and all the terrain? Mine probably about two fifty. Really? I would say, yeah. And that includes the cost of the mat, because aren't those mats like a little? Those are like, like maybe pricey. I think they retail for about seventy dollars. Okay. So it's, it's, not, it's not too bad. It's not too bad, but seriously, that's... I wouldn't even say two fifty. Maybe two hundred. Okay, because that's still twice what I paid for my entire force that I'm playing with right now. You play more. It seems like you yeah. pay a lot more for your board than for your force because you need a lot of the terrain. Right, but man. When you got it all put together, it looks so cool. It like, looks. It's fun to run around on it, right? Yeah. Harrison yeah. was looking. at He's like, "This is the board." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Dad, that board is really." Oh, was, cool. did he like it? Oh, that's yeah, cool. I didn't like, hear that exchange. But no, he's like, "This is what you play on." I'm like, "You have to because of all the little things." Yeah. And he didn't really sit to watch the game because he was doing some other stuff online with his friends. Right. But he he was impressed with with, okay, with cool. the board. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Nice. But so that's our game, and like I said, I did play the first uh, uh, four scenarios of Age of Sigmar with Harrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves it. He absolutely loves it. He's like, it's simplified. It's easy. I'm not worried. Does he about like the it rules. better than eighth? 
Um, he likes or, or the fact to say. Uh, he likes the fact that he could play a game with thirty or forty models, and still be playing Warhammer and still have Warhammer stuff. Sure, uh, it's still a little early. Uh, he did also like because he has a couple of friends who wanted to get into Warhammer during Eighth Edition. Okay. Well, this makes it easier to do that. Well, his one friend wanted to play Dark Elves, and when he started pricing out what it would cost to get, right? Uh, you know, because you know he knew. You know, how do you guys play Harrison's like he's around two thousand points and he totaled all out everything he wanted and he's yeah. like, Oh, this is gonna cost me like eight hundred dollars. Yeah, cauldron and witch elves. Yeah, and, and, and then Harrison's oh. like, Oh, well look, we can play this now and it's not gonna be super cheap, but you can get in and we can play with thirty What's, models, you know? Is it is it thirty or what is there a minimum amount that you need to play a game? No. There's no, no. So you can you can play with ten guys, five guys? Yeah. I mean you just put out units until your opponent is done putting out units. I mean, that, I think that's part of the selling bit of this, which I, which we'll talk about next episode. Is you know, yeah, they're not cheap, but you could literally split a box set with your friend, you know, and the box set to a, a buck and a quarter. Sure, get the one for model. For some really odd like. models, you know, you get that. Yeah. Um, but you could also go and buy a box of ten guys, and your friend buys a box of five or ten guys, and you could just play with that too. I mean, you okay. literally could. Game wouldn't be all that awesome. I ain't gonna lie. You know, one unit on one unit isn't. You know, it's. Sure. There's not much tactics there, but you can just play that way. You can start off with just a couple right. of boxes. You get the models that you want, right? They yeah. look the coolest. And probably you spend more time assembling and painting your models than you do actually playing, right? Like most of us. Yeah. So that's that's probably what they're, they're thinking. Yeah, and like I said, and Harrison just basically said, he goes, plus, with the rules being this simple, we can learn how to play quick. He goes, I can get my friends in. We can come in. We all know what we're doing. You can throw some models down, have fun. Harrison yeah. and his friends, if if their game takes more than an hour or two, they might not have the time, or they may want to play a bunch of different things. So right. they're they're very happy. And I think you got a target audience right there, fourteen year olds, right? You know, kids who are young coming into the hobby. Uh, the models are big and brash and bold, and yep. they're looking at them like this is cool. It's simple to learn. I'm having a good time. There you go. Yep. So I agree. That's that. Um. So that's about it. That's about it, I think, for the toolbox. I think we're done with the toolbox. I think it's time to take another break and come yes. back and talk a little more uh, Infinity. That sounds like a plan. All right. We'll be back. Folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter... Those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com, and seriously, guys, you'll be glad you did.
And we're back. You've got David and Chris on Garage Hammer. Going on forever. Going on and on and on into... For infinity. Infinity. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Set that up really obviously. And beyond. Saw yeah. that one coming a mile away. All right, so you recently went to an Infinity tournament. And uh, once again, folks, yes, we're talking a lot about other games, but the topic of today's episode is if you're not interested in AOS or if it's becoming a side game uh, because we're not seeing tournaments of it cropping up and we're still working on that, what are some of the other games that have popped up in our leagues late, lately that, that people have liked? And I know at our local game store, Malifaux League is picking up. Batman League is starting. Have you yeah, seen that? Yeah, I've seen some of that. Yeah, it does oh, look pretty you know cool. know how much I love Batman. I'm like, yeah. I don't have time to start a fifth game. I don't <laughs> care. But that's starting up. Infinity League is starting up and, and is mm-hmm. and is rolling. Yep. Uh, the War Machine and Hordes is picking up again over there. It's like there's, there's X-Wing. There's Armada. Oh, yeah. Have you played Armada yet? Not yet. Uh, I'm I'm purposely staying away because I just can't afford money and time-wise to pick that game up as much as I want to. Yeah, I know what you mean. I picked it up, and it's like, oh, this is expensive, but it's cool. But I don't yeah. even have time to play it very much, so right. we'll see what happens. I told my wife, I said, you know, when we go to Gen Con, they're going to have new stuff there. I'm like, I'm not buying any of the new Star Wars stuff. She's like, how come? Because we don't play with the ones we have. You don't play with you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Plus, i got to get into that Infinity Line fast, because i got to get me some stuff. Uh, are you going to pick up some stuff at Gen Con? Uh, well, they've got the exclusive model. Terrain stuff. They've yeah. got the exclusive terrain piece. I know you asked me to get you that. Mm-hmm. And they've got some exclusive model, some dude. Okay. Uh, and I'm picking him up. And then somebody, I think his name is Van Zant. I keep thinking his name is Van Zant. I don't know why. And then I actually uh, I had someone cut contact with me like, I can't go. Dude, you think you could pick me up one? He's like, if you pick me up one, I'll 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 pay for yours. I'm like, deal. I'll try to get oh, to that. Nice, you're right. And uh, so I'm going to get those. Plus, the U.S. Ariadna uh, box set is going to be there. Oh, okay, cool. And oh. that's you're all over that, huh? America. They could be right. <laughs> they could be your next faction, huh? I don't know. It might be. Even though I wasn't really looking to start a new faction, the, the, right. I looked at that U.S. Ariadna stuff and said, America. So. May have to pick that up because uh, I'm kind of falling in love with this game every okay. every day as we talk about it more and play it a little more. Interesting. Okay. All right, well, so let's yeah. hear about this tournament you went to. So it was called the Midwest Massacre, and okay. the idea is you bring a four person team, and each person brings a list that's between uh, that's 150, 200 points, 300 points, or 400 points, and okay. you, you pair up against other people within your point bracket, whatever that may be. Okay. And they just keep a running total for your team, and they they hand out uh, you know best team awards, uh, best you know individual awards, best painted they had. I know um, you took best painted. Me? No, f- <laughs> far from it. I didn't. I don't think I had any guys that were even painted. You know, oh, really? They allowed you to playing without the all painted. Yes, yes. Which I know in Warhammer, it's a very controversial decision. In fact. Most tournaments don't allow it. It must be painted, right, uh, completely. But with Infinity, it's it's not so. They had a, people that, that were, had just had primed or even bare metal, ranging all the way up to beautifully painted display board, the whole nine yards. Really? Display boards and everything? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm assuming you, you and your team took the best overall? You guys went in there and yeah. crushed it? <laughs> well, let's see. If you, if you're, uh, collectively, if you go 1 and 11 on the day and that gets you first place, then yeah. I, I, so, <laughs> so we were in the running. So wait a minute, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute. Team of four. Three games apiece, total of twelve games. You guys had one one guy won one game yes. on your whole team. 
That was that was me. That was yours truly who won that one game. Way to go! Yeah, thank you, thank you. And I, that one I just barely won. So the way it works is, was, you know, you they were have playing objectives. a nine year old, right? You... No, no, he was. A, <laughs> yeah. He was, he was a, a guy that I that plays at you know Games Plus, the other local store. Oh yeah, who's who's been playing for a while. He and I just have never had the chance to play each other. But we finally did at this tournament. And the way Infinity works is you you win by objective points okay. by holding you know the this building or achieving whatever objective if you have more points than you win if you tie then it goes to victory points how whoever has more points left in their army that's the tiebreaker and okay, that's so, how I won the first game okay so victory points doesn't count the amount of points you killed it's they count how many points are left on the board correct now is that the i mean is that the same basically either way i mean i know in warhammer the points you killed is often more than the points that are left on the board in a 2,400-point game, you could have 400 points left on the board, and I could have 2,400 points because points extra for the general, points extra for the BSB, points for banners. Right. Are there – I mean, I didn't notice there – there's no extra points in this game. It's just literally it's, – well, It's all objective points. It's all objective-based. The objective will tell you everything you need to know. No, but what yeah. I'm saying is um, – Extra if, points for killing your lieutenant or yeah, stuff like, like that? Yeah, if, if you tie yeah. on your objective points and then you go to how many points are left on the board – in a 300-point game, you're, it's not like you can't say, okay, I killed uh, 250 and there's 100 points left on the board. It's On a 300-point game, it's going to be... What, what, what do you have left? Yeah, okay. Purely what you have left. That's kind of... It just seems weird to me, though, what you have left and not what you, what's, what you killed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, know, yeah, I, I know, it's, I know there's no difference. I, I think they do that because some of the missions are kill missions. So in that case, the objectives are what you have killed. So, And I've not played those objectives, so I can't say for sure. But then I, maybe there's some interplay between objective based how much you've killed and then the tiebreaker, how much you have left. Oh, must, okay. Oh. Maybe that's it. It's just, you know what I'm saying? It just seemed, it's, it, was, it was a foreign idea. You're like, what do you have? I'm like, well, I'm starting adding up what you killed. And you're like, no, no, no. Add up what you have left on the board. Right, I'm like, right. What's the difference? I'm like, well, there actually is a difference. It's kind of the exact opposite. Right. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it's it's a different way of thinking for sure, but I, I think they do that. And also maybe to encourage not so much the beat stick, it's all about killing your opponent approach, but it is more about, I mean, in the end, you know, if, you, if you've achieved your objective in real life, if you achieved your objective and suffered less losses, that means you won, right? Right, right. Well, so, heck, I mean, if we'd have tied, I lost big time. I think, how many points did you have left on the board on the 300-point game? I had oh, 40. Like 160. I had 45 points left on the board. Yeah. Yeah. So even if I if that guy would have been standing at the end of the game, it would have been I had seventy points left on the board, mm-hmm. and I but winning winning the objective game and winning the game and only and having less than a third of my force left standing on the board, you know is that a you know then then you start questioning how much of a win is that you know you you know it doesn't matter you get you have to play the objectives if you get right. those it doesn't matter how much you have left but you know, I'm just thinking in, a, in, a, in real terms of real wars and real battles you know. If ah. you know, if I if I took my objective and and lost ninety percent of my army in the process, did I win? I I would you know? say you did. Well, I mean, yeah, in, in this game you did. You know? yeah. Seriously, because I you had a lot more points left on the board than me, and I almost almost whooped you. Yeah, and then totally in those last couple, especially when I was getting those stupid. Those 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 crazy rolls yeah, like right those, on that last yeah, turn. Yeah, those cr- all those critical rolls at the at the <laughs> end there. 
Jeez. That was stupid. That was just like, I can't believe I just did this. Oh, my Twice. God, I did it again. Twice. And it was like your little support remote bot that was just laying waste to all my guys. Yeah. little. Just, it was a wheel with a cover over it. Right. It was basically like an R2-D2 looking type of thing. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was like, but it was like it had one wheel. So it was like this one big wheel with all yeah. the rest of the stuff balanced on it. I had a unicycle riding around and wiping things out. It was hysterical. Right, with a shotgun on it, just blowing guys away. So, but uh, so the tournament scene, you've got to obviously set, you know, your basic set of bring your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can run the range from painted to unpainted, I guess. It's still kind of, I mean, it's not really a new game, but it's really just now starting to pick up some momentum, I think, in our area. Well, this this edition is new. It's only oh, okay. a, a few, maybe, I don't know, six months old, maybe. Oh, so really? It, yeah, this edition is, is new. So it's a good time to break into it because it's fresh. Oh, okay. Um, and this particular tournament had teams from all over the Midwest, Indiana, Michigan, uh, Ohio, Southern Illinois, Central and Northern Illinois, Michigan. Um, so they, they came from all over. So it was a good very interesting to see and compare that to Warhammer tournaments and that, uh, you know, you're getting a good sample of players ranging from new to veteran, painted to unpainted. So it was cool to contrast the two sort of cultures, if you will. And uh, I would say for the most part, they're, they're pretty similar. The Warhammer tournament scene is very, uh, it's very inviting, right? It's almost like a, I don't want to use the word fraternity because that has a lot of, you know, bad connotations that come with it, but it's very yep. like a brotherhood almost. Yeah. And uh, I, I would say it's 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 very much the same with the Infinity players. And I would, with Infinity, maybe it's because it's a new game. I'm not sure, but it is very much more. It's very collaborative. So in talking with my opponents, uh, if I didn't know a rule or any or something, that they would be more than happy to talk me through it and say, okay, well, this is actually how it works. If you do X, Y, and Z, then it should work like this. There was none of no like gotcha moments or. You know what I mean? Or, or it's all out there. They know what your models are. They know what things are. In fact, the only thing you keep hidden, I think, is like who your lieutenant was. Other than that, I got to tell you what I have and. What's uh, there. No, I, actually, there's a, there's a mechanic on the army builder where you can print out what's called a um, a courtesy list, and that will print out a general snapshot of what your guys are, but it doesn't tell you who the lieutenant is or specific weaponry. And that's okay. what you're supposed to give to your opponent so they get, get a general idea of what you're bringing to the table. Okay, not your weaponry. And yeah, I knew he didn't tell the lieutenant. Okay, so I got right. you. Yeah, yeah. And and I actually didn't bring that, but you know, in the end, I guess I didn't really need it. But mental note, I should bring that in the future for, yeah. for these tournaments. So, but you but, had a good uh, time at the tournament? Yeah, yeah, I had a great time. And, and they, just like Warhammer, you know, after a game is over, everyone talks, recounts their, their war stories of, oh, I needed to roll this, and they killed this guy. And so it was very similar in that respect. Um, $30 was the cost of the tournament, and it, that paid for lunch, a massive swag bag, which included, like, a piece of terrain, all the templates that you needed, oh, the, the silhouette which, thanks, sizes. by the way. Sure, yeah. I mean, I added with a, the extra set of templates, so I know you didn't have any yet, so you ended up with mine. But because the two, the two different flame, the two different flame templates and that big round template, yeah. they came in really handy, and I didn't have any of that stuff. And you could print that up online on the paper and make your own and stuff. But I was just like, yeah, I printed all that out, and Morgan spent time cutting it out for me, and then it was like, oh, floppy pieces of paper that are going to get wrinkled and messed up, right. messed up as we're playing. So you're like, oh, I have these templates. I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Totally worth the money. Like, and they were nice templates too. Yeah, yeah. They they, they gave out um, mission objective cards, which you know you use normally use in every tournament game, and, and little markers. I mean, the amount of stuff that and everyone walked away with a prize. 
So they, they did the first place team all the way down to the eighth place team. And by the time the eighth place team went up there, there wasn't much left, but you did get, you did walk away with something. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. So they, they did a good job. All the terrain was, was, you know, pretty well done. Uh, lots of different tables that were themed differently. You had the, the futuristic tables that you and I have played on, on, on mine. You had, right. uh, had like forest tables, uh, winter, uh, kind of off world. Oh, cool. So it was, yeah, a lot of good variety. Yeah, you can kind of go with whatever you want, can't you? You kind of kind of fit it to your own. Because mm. you have your like some sci-fi. cars and little weird stuff on your tables too, which actually is kind of nice. Yeah, so my, my boys, you know, they, they have these 143rd scale cars, Corvettes, uh, like a WRX, a couple other sports cars that are the right size. Yeah, they're actually, I was noticing as my guy got behind it, he could just see over the roof of the car. Right. You know, it's like, oh, that's actually a pretty much the proper proportion. Yeah, yeah, it's in scale. I mean, it, it's kind of juxta. And in that setting, they're, I think they'd be considered like a rarity, right? A classic car or even an antique. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you throw it in there and it looks cool. The more terrain you have, the better. So, yeah, so that was that. So I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. And they had voting for. They had voting for best painted that the judges did. They didn't have like um, players' choice or anything like that. And the okay. other thing that they didn't have that warmer tournaments do have is uh, voting for best sportsmanship, which I kind of wish they did have that. Just I don't know. I, I I like that trifecta of competition, painting, and sports. Right. So I don't know. Maybe that's something that um, we'll, well hey, have to we're, introduce. You're new to the scene. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, like, okay, we've only got, like, about 25 minutes left, according to our little time schedule here. Uh, but so I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, different, uh, bringing different strategies uh, or different, I mean, di- like, why? Okay, let me start over again. I wanted to talk about, like, what some of the appeal is of this particular game. Because there's, there's several games that our group has sort of been trying out in different right. It's kind of levels. fractured, right? And yeah. um, Infinity, at least here in the Midwest, is taking off. Like, I don't know anybody who's played it and been like, F that game. Yeah. So, you know, right. <laughs> I thought we could just talk a little bit about what makes Infinity so much fun, and then we'll take a quick break and come back and talk about some of the others. Sure. I know it's been Infinity-focused here, and I'm not trying to say this is the only game to play, but mm-hmm. it's something you and I both tried that you mm-hmm. really love and that I have just found out is, wow, this is actually a really pretty damn cool way to spend a couple of hours playing. Okay. So um, what do you think, uh, for people who who have played 8th, for people who liked 8th, what are some of the things you might think might be, you know, what in this game would appeal to someone who's who was a, a former 8th edition player? Uh, oh, man, that's, that's, that's a tough question. I think the... Uh, the one-on-one engagement is much more intense, like we mentioned. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, especially Warhammer tournament players will really key into that and, and I think enjoy that. I think it might be a little harder for people who like to drink a lot at the tournaments. For this, I for this agree, game. because you really have to be on your game uh, and be and paying attention. Yeah, you're uh, not just moving forward big units and then rolling. You've got to be paying attention to every little corner, every move. Mm. So it's also it's also the objective too. You've got to be very sharp 
um, you know, because the, the dynamics of the game are always changing and, and yep. you win the game again by that objective. And you're, you're often playing the objective more than you are playing your opponent. Yes. And I noticed that uh, reminds you a lot of Malifaux where you have schemes and, and plans and things like that that you have to do, uh, I could wipe out your entire side of your board and lose the game. And I think that's the difference between... That that makes a difference from a Warhammer game in that you know we're, I'm trying to beat you up, you're trying to beat me up. And in some way, that makes it more conducive for drinking. I don't know. Yeah, it, I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, because Warhammer's got a lot of rules and there's a lot of tactics. Um, but everything I wouldn't that go I'm as far doing as to call it beer and pretzels, you. but it's... Yeah, it, it directly affects you. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, I think the key, though, is you have to buy into the fiction slash aesthetic slash anime style. If you if you're not into that, or it, you know, if you've never been into that, it's a much harder sell. It I is kind of anime. I I will say that. Yes. Oh, it's totally. So many of their things are directly lifted from anime. Um, you know, the old Bubblegum Crisis series. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yes. Or, or Appleseed or, you know, some of these other things. There, A lot of the mechs and, and tags and armor are totally, you know, inspired by Akira. That's another one. Ghost in the Shell. A you lot of it is I Ghost in the Shell. I remember seeing the Ghost in the Shell, the first Ghost in the Shell movie before they had all those other movies and all the cartoons. Yeah. I remember seeing that at the music box downtown. Oh, yeah. That's a oh, great I loved movie. Ghost in the Shell. I actually owned the laser disc for that. I would watch it all the time. Did, I you, even, did you read any of the Ghost in the Shell manga? Because that's going old school. I, did, I, did, I honestly don't read a lot of mangas. Um, I just don't. Like, yeah, you know I read a lot of it, so. But I, I did enjoy it. Um, I actually have the uh, the girl and the little red bot. Uh, and remember when, uh, I, when uh, PlayStation came out with the Ghost in the Shell game? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I totally had it. Played the hell out of that. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. It was so right. cool. So, so, yeah, if you could buy into that aesthetic, then it's an easy sell. It was for me. Uh, I, I was almost forced into this game just because of that, by virtue of that. Yeah, you actually, you picked the the clan or the faction that I would have picked had you not picked it already. You could still pick it. I mean, so that's another thing. Within each faction, you can do what, what's called a sectorial. So each faction is broken up into smaller, like the Yujing faction has a Japanese sectorial, Imperial Services sectorial, so they, they, and they offer different things, offer different advantages and disadvantages. You know, they, it opens up certain unit choices up to you that you normally aren't available to you, but it, then it, it limits certain things that are, aren't otherwise available to you. Yeah, I noticed um, that too. I have different factions. I've got one in Pan Oceania that's got like all the high tech stuff, and then there's a group of guys who look like freaking Bretonian knights. Right. Yeah. And it's like these guys all are running around with swords and and freaking helmets mm-hmm. and and looking like uh, what do you call it? Like the uh, like the Inquisition. Templar. Yeah. Or like the, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And I'm like, what? Like, okay, I love yeah. this. Yeah. Plus, and, and you know they take a lot of uh, they they clone a lot of historical characters. So you could run a Joan of Arc character. Yeah, uh, I, I know with my model. faction you could take Sun Tzu. You've got Sun Tzu. Uh, I killed his no. ass. No, you did well, but they'll just you know re reanimate him or whatever the term is. I don't know. Sure, another clone, bring him back. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I taught I taught Sun Tzu a thing too about the art of war. That's how that's what right. I did. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that was. That was crazy. Now, here's now. What do you think if you're not like what? What might? What do you think might uh, turn a uh, a person away who was really into Aethed? 
Do you think there's anything in there? For this particular game? Yeah, for, for uh, Infinity. I mean, it, this is very much, it's a skirmish game. Like, yeah. You know, make no bones about it. Uh, it. You know, you have 15, 20 guys running around on round bases, and that's your force. Yep. It's not like if you're looking for the big cinematic battle line type where maneuver is paramount and you have flanks and everything like that. That is... is no flanks know. and ranks. This is not a flank and rank game. If that's No, not at for. all. You have yeah. your... Your front 180, you know, that you can see, and, and that's pretty much it. Actually, a good case in point is Alex Nikotenko. He's a longtime tournament player for Fantasy, and we did a demo game for Infinity, and after that demo game, he was not, it, it didn't hook him. It, it didn't, he, he wanted big ranks, you know, units of ranks of uh, rank and file. And, I thought he would really be into this game. I thought this would really, the tactics of it would really attract him. Cause I kind of thought so too. Maybe he will be, because we, I mean, the game that he and I played was the first game that, that you and I played, where it's just three guys and you roll to shoot and move around and that's it. And that game, that format is not very compelling. To, you know, it doesn't sell the game. It didn't, it didn't sell me. Like, it had me interested enough where, okay, this could be good. Mm-hmm. It took that big 300-point game where we sat down for like three or three and a half hours. And right, and played the full scenario. Played all the little movement and, yeah. and all the terrain and setting up the lines of sight and dropping smoke. And Okay, can this guy see me? Right. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to run. Well, I think, I, you know what, I could probably take getting shot. That, that was, I mean, that last turn especially. Well, he'll have to get two turns to get across there. Right. He'll get shot at twice, but he'll get to shoot back. There's a good chance I could stop that guy and shoot, take him down while I'm, I'm okay. Let's do this, and it was just yeah, like yeah. wow. There was, the, uh, you know what? Um, the the you know we love you and I. We love playing the uh, scenario games in in Warhammer Fantasy. We loved, mm-hmm. you know, going in the book and finding scenarios, sure. playing the narrative campaigns, the the story inside the game, forging that narrative as right. they kept calling it was great. That happens, at least in the game that we played. I mean, if, if if every game I play is like that game, where it's literally, you know, this guy moving across here, getting shot, rolling the dice, mm-hmm. every single turn there was a moment where it was like, this. it's like it's out of a movie. Can I make this get through here because right. of the fact that you can react while I'm, it's my turn. Mm-hmm. If I cross your line of sight, you shoot at me. The biggest beef I had with War Machine is sitting there. On my turn, and your guy comes in and hits me and stomps and does all this stuff, and I don't even get attacks back. Like in fantasy, you attack and I attack in each of our little units. Right, right. It's all dependent on initiative. Yeah, and then I played War Machine, and it's like, no, I just attack, and you stand there and take it until it's your turn, and then you might be able to do something back. And I always had yeah. an issue with that. And here, it's like, wait, did you just cross my line of sight? Yes. Okay, I'm shooting at you. Wait, what? Yeah, right. dude, you stepped in front of me, and I have a gun. I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, you can shoot. And that's yeah. that's really kind of cool. It does forge the narrative. I mean, it makes for a lot of fun stories, right? Even now, I go back to that game and think of, uh, you know, your guy ran out and or you shot at my remote, my my droid, but my droid outshot your guy and killed your guy on, right. on your turn. Uh, so yeah, that's or the ninja. You know, he reveals himself and he got into the bunker. He got subsequently shot by a shotgun by your, I think, by your remote. Yeah, I pulled that remote in. That was hysterical. Seriously, I pulled in, and then I not only killed the ninja with the big shotgun blast, but then as every other one of your guys tries to run into the door to kill that remote because you were holding the objective with because of that guy. Yeah, and the remote is just firing and just 
dropping your guys like yeah. it was like oh this is ridiculous it's like oh this is so cool they're, well they were critical hits so after all the modifiers i forget what you needed to hit like a there was a one like was a, 11 it was or a, something like that yeah no i think it was like a 14 because you had the minus and the plus right. canceled out it was some but i up oh, hit it exactly this yep. one yeah oh i need this or no the one needed a seven remember because it was like well because mm. I remember it was like, should I dodge or should I shoot back? And it's like, well, both of them are crummy because you take a huge penalty for, oh, that's right. for so a non-human dodging. Shoot. So I'm yeah. like, oh, they're the same thing. So I might as well shoot. It's like, boom. Oh, I hit it exactly. Your guy's yeah. dead. Oh, no. The, the it's that variation of the D20. So so much can happen on on a D20, right? Yeah. Whereas it, that, So I guess that's another thing that you have to kind of compare. With a D6, it's a much more smaller variance. And if if you don't like the wider range variants on a D twenty, then you might not like this game. Right, I, I like it, but you know, Warhammer players might not react to it. I don't yeah. know. The only other thing I thought is, uh, and I, I I said there's a small amount of customization. I guess that's not true because you can pick units have a, have each each guy. A lot of these guys will have a choice of different weapons they can pick. Right, but if you're thinking of making up like this is my general or my my lieutenant. And I'm going to make this character and give him this, that, this, 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 this. That's not a lot of times how these go. In fact, you have a lot of... You took a custom character for your lieutenant, I think. You did. So, yeah, you can't... Well, for the most part, you can't take a guy and, and you know equip him uh, to that level of customization. Like, give him this rifle and that piece of armor, like you could in Warhammer 8. Right. Um, there are... And I'm not too well-versed in this, but there are characters that you can take... That as you build up experience, and I think this is a, in a campaign format, as you build up experience, you can either buy or randomly roll to get additional abilities. Right. And I think those are called um, spec ops type characters. Oh, that's cool. Uh, or, or special operations characters. I don't yeah. really know too much about those, but I see it like uh, on the army builder all the time. One of my guys has that ability. So if you have so much more experience points, you develop him, you know, with better strength or better weapons or that sort of thing. So that that does exist in some format, but I can't really speak to great detail on how that works. Cool. That's actually But really I, cool. I think that would appeal to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um I think uh the other thing that's that that could sway you either way, um is that it is order based. Mm. So you it's it's not like in in Warhammer where I've got the movement phase and this phase and that phase. Uh every model or just almost every model on the board. But for for our purpose when we were playing, every model on the board has an order they can do. Yeah, in order they bring to the pool. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's a pool you, you of could use those orders in that pool to how you could you can parcel those out however you want. So kind of like I guess focus in War Machine, how you've got a, a kinda, pool yeah. of it, and you could give I give this guy some, but instead of having to give it to him ahead of time, it's like okay, I'll use this action and have this guy do his thing, right? And then if it didn't work right, or you and you need to, you can I'll spend another action and activate him again, and he'll keep going. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can do that in this. You can totally, you know, you can totally Hulk out one guy. Yeah, they call that Ramboing. Rambo, yeah, yeah, or. You can move a little bit of everybody. You know, I need to move half of the forces up. Right, right. Um, there's, there's a lot more to it than that. There's like those four super commands that you get where you can use so, those. So, yeah, those are, you know. those are called command tokens. Every person gets four of them, and, each, and they, bring, they, let you, they allow you a lot of flexibility. Like you can spend one of those and one of your orders to move four guys at a time. Uh, you can move 
a guy from one army group to another, which we didn't really talk about, but you have a maximum of 10 guys per group. So if you have 20 guys, you're going to have two groups of 10 and you can't go past that 10. If one of your guys, if one of your groups goes down to one and you want to move them to the other group, then you can spend a, a command token to do that. There's, you know, you did that because you were down to the group, had your ninja and one other guy. And right. you didn't want it, your ninja to be stuck with a pool. Cause with he two can, orders, right? Yeah, you can't do anything with that. Yeah, because he's stuck with the pool for that group. Mm. So you spent one of your command tokens to move him over to the bigger group, which had like seven or eight guys left. Right. So suddenly he was in a pool back of nine orders. So if right, so right. if you needed to have your ninja go Rambo, as you put it. You could do that, right? You could totally do that. Very, very cool game. It gets bloody. People die. You take a shot, you die. You fall down, oh, yeah. you're dead. Oh, yeah. Or you're incapacitated or whatever, mm-hmm. which counts pretty much the same as dead, except you could get back up, but if you don't get back up, you still count as dead. Right. So, And the way that you get back up is if you have a medic or uh, a doctor, you can potentially heal a guy and, and bring him back to life. So if he's wounded, yeah. he's out, but he could be healable. Yeah. So all in all, a great game. A great game. I'd say of all the games outside of Warhammer that I've tried so far, this is probably... Probably the best written and probably one of wow, the most fun. That's that's saying a lot because you play a lot of different games. Yeah, uh, but so far, I mean, phrase. based on my limited play with this, this is just there's. I mean, it it reminds you in a lot of ways of a more high tech sci fi version of Malifaux. I mean, obviously without the cards and with dice. I mean, there's a lot of differences, mm-hmm, right. but Malifaux is kind of like my favorite non fan non Warhammer game. And mm-hmm. then I'm playing this going. Yeah, this is just as good. Um, I kind of like the fluff and the idea behind Malifaux a little more because it's a little more fantasy, a little more magic and steampunk sure. and stuff like that. It's a, a hodgepodge of all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, I've read the fluff for Malifaux, so it's like, ooh, fluff, like it. Well, um, though, actually, the fluff for uh, uh, Infinity is quite compelling, so I, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that once you've gone And I didn't it. realize that when I downloaded a 176-page PDF mm. – that I wasn't getting that. So now I'm going right. to have to get the book because I do want to read that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'd like to see where that is because that is something that I really enjoy. But just game-wise, this thing is dead on. It is spot on. This third edition, I heard that it really cleaned up a lot and that the mm-hmm. last edition wasn't as good. Uh, I What do I know? I just started playing. But I know I will be playing again, and I am looking forward. This is like my Gen Con purchases are going to this. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Like, I go there with X amount of money. I look at Herstart's molds. I usually go and pick up some Malifaux new stuff, and I sort of wander around and get stuff. I am planning on going straight to the... the, Arsenal, I think, is the big. Uh, well, yeah, well, wherever the Infinity stuff is yeah. being sold and getting that stuff off okay. the bat, because that's this is like this is my new hotness right now. This is this is the thing that I'm really enjoying, and I know you are. You're all in. Yeah, I, I am all in. I, I'm looking forward to though, not so much to compare, but just to more. I guess compare the experience of AOS because that's kind of a skirmish level game. It's it, you can't really compare eighth to infinity. I think it's an easier comparison between infinity and AOS. So I'm looking forward to our playing some of that <laughs> and, and 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 juxtaposing oh, the two. Yeesh, yeah. You know what? One last break, and then we're going to come back and we'll talk a little bit about Kings Board, Malifaux, little things like that. Give them a few minutes apiece, and then we'll wrap up. Sounds good. All right, we'll be back.
unique Gibson games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. Back, 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 We're back. Yeah, we are. Now, okay, now, I know we've been waxing on about infinity because it's it's the it's the flavor of the month. And it really is. It's become sort of the flavor of the last couple of months, in fact. Um, Now, as you also know, before Adepticon, a lot of people, and we were talking about a lot of people are going off and playing Saga. Um, If you like playing like historical i guess if you like historical saga seems to be the way to go if you like historical it's, it's, this, here. it's the historical part that has never grabbed me me neither and there's so many more um i don't know what the word compelling options out there whether it's sci-fi or high fantasy or whatever well some would say that there's nothing more compelling than re- doing some of these world war ii battles where real people people i know died in those battles like literally family members i know mm, that, that died those, that's kind of compelling um, me personally, battles that have been fought in real life and already been won, if I play it on the tabletop and it turns out different, I feel like I did something wrong. It's, it's partly, partly that too, but then you're, you're also limited in your, in your, in your choice. And I don't know, I, yeah. it, it starts to get into a weird area, like being Korean, I, I, I gravitate towards Asian forces, but I can't play Japanese because they tortured my grandparents. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. The last Adepticon that I was at, we we I did see a Flames of War player walking around in a German, like a, I think it was an SS uniform. That's the guy's in all black. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he was he wasn't saying anything, but he's he's definitely you know role play you know, like looking the part. That's a little weird. Yeah, a that little bit. Get, that could get you in a little trouble. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just sure. Saying, you know, for the historicals and stuff, you know, that's just if you're going to play, that's what you can do. I, I'm not a big historicals player, so. Right. Well, anyway, so that's there's, an option. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's always 40K if you like yeah. sci fi. Yeah, yeah, true, true. You know, and a lot of people do that, you know, if you like the aesthetic and that stuff. Heck, I've got some 40K stuff. I mean, it, that, that game has a great aesthetic. I mean, yeah. You can't deny it. Yeah, I mean, you you can't. And, I mean, of course, now a lot of people who don't want to play Age of Sigmar don't want to play. Say, if I wanted to play that, I'd play 40K, and I don't want to play 40K. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not for you. But mm, right. for me, it's a, it's a cool thing. And once again, I like GW stuff, so what the hell. Yeah, right. Um, let's see, what else? There's Obviously, we mentioned Malifaux. Yeah. And I think Malifaux is fun. It's got that different aesthetic because of the cards and playing out the cards instead of dice. Now, how long... How big is your average Malifaux game, and how long does it take to play it? Um, I think right now people are playing like around 35 Soul Stones, which okay. I don't know, but I think the last time I played I had like 10 models. Soul Stones. So, so one model could be worth like three Soul Stones, that sort of thing? Yes. 
Okay. It could be, you know, the, yeah, the, the more the better the model, the more the more stones it's going to cost you to play them. Sure. Um, you don't always play all of them because you sometimes you keep a few on the side because you can use soul stones for other things. The, the, the actual soul stones themselves can be used for other things. It's the card gotcha. mechanic that makes that game really cool. It's because you get a you, you you're flipping cards off the deck. And comparing them, but mm. you can always what they call cheat fate, and you could take cards from your hand and replace cards with with cards from your hand. Uh, are you using a standard deck, or is it something custom to? Uh, okay, it's it's a, it's a standard deck, but they don't. It's not clubs, hearts, spades, and and diamonds. diamonds. It's, you know, okay. it's the, the books and the ravens. It's, so it's 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 got its own it's got its own suits, but it's still pretty much you you could. You right. know, if you just said the you know clubs are ravens and diamonds are the the tomes. Oh, I see. Right. You right. could just use a regular deck. Um, it's also got like the two jokers. There's like the mm-hmm. black joker and the red joker. Black joker is like the worst thing in the deck. Red joker is the best thing in the deck. Uh, so I when see. you're flipping at random, that's screwed up. But then, like you also have your hand that you can play. And once you finish every full turn, like you and your you and your opponent each had your you know finish your full turn. Mm-hmm. Then you get to redraw a new hand of cards. So, mm. if you burn through your cards really quick in the first couple of movements, mm-hmm. then you're sitting the rest of the hand like, "Oh crap! Uh, I can only do what I flip." Um, you know, there, it's it's an interesting aesthetic. It adds a very different feel to different the game. feel to it. It's, I, I kind of like that. It's kind of a game within a game, right? It's the cards. not. You know, it, when you first hear it, I thought it was gimmicky. Yeah. Like, oh sure, so I flip a card instead of roll a dice, but there's so much more to it than that. Hmm. Um, their models are a little fiddly too, and their new plastics are great. And they're replacing a lot of their metals with plastic, which mm-hmm. I love. I'm telling you, I never appreciated my Games Workshop overpriced, <laughs> really expensive models <laughs> right. as much as when I was building those Infinity little oh, t- really? with those little tiny metal bits huh. and thinking I'm kind of going. You know, you can really appreciate a a nice piece of plastic, well designed. You know? That's you know, and I'm not saying the Infinity models aren't well designed. Infinity models are fine; they're nice models. I love. Well, but I, G- love my I think models, GW, we can agree that GB, GW takes it to another another level. You can really appreciate it, though. Yeah. Then you know, like I buy a lot of the Mantic stuff, and I know the Mantic stuff is hit or miss. And outside of the few things that I'm using for it, um, you know, I I don't think I I think their model aesthetic is 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 not as strong as their game. Mm. Um, I think the models for Infinity, when they're finished, look beautiful, and if they're painted nicely, mm. um, they're they're going to be great. But still, pla- I just I prefer plastic now so much over metal. And I, yeah. I it's funny to say that because when plastics were first coming out, it's like, oh, oh these I are know, cool, I've but tried. you know, I like my metal models. I like well, the feel of a nice, heavy. Sure, nice, yeah, the weight of it, right? Yeah, and now it's like, oh no, not no, yeah. please don't. And Malifaux is moving to plastics, although they're. Some of their stuff is super fiddly too. Like I don't understand. I, there was the one model where I had to actually glue the face onto the head. Really? Yeah, seriously. Huh. I'm like, really? <laughs> you couldn't just sculpt the fa- you sculpted a face. There must have been a reason. You for couldn't that. just leave it on the head. Oh, can you, can you, do no. you have the option for different faces? No. It's pissing me off. Yeah, I don't know them. Yeah, that was annoying. But so Malifaux is a fun game. And like I said, I love the weird aesthetic to it. This weird alternate history, you know, back, uh, you know, in, in, our, in our actual past in this other realm with magic and sort of, it, like I said, it's got a bit of a steampunk aesthetic that it doesn't have, but it doesn't go overboard with it. Um, 
you know, but you, it's it's just it, that's a game that that captured my imagination when it came out far mm. more than the rules or the models did. Uh, well, and that's the, an important the models part. and rules have gotten better. Yeah, second edition has seen a much better models and much better rules, and I already like the world so. Mm. Whereas I'm coming to Infinity from the exact opposite. Everybody's playing, so I better give it a shot. These guys look good. The game is tight. The rules are great. Now I got to yeah. find. The, now I got to learn the fluff. Right, right, right. <laughs> coming so, at it from the, the opposite angle. Yep, exactly. So what else? Well, there's always War Machine and Hordes, which yeah, we both dabbled that uh, in that uh, at, at different times. Harrison and his friends do enjoy that one. They, yeah, it's because it's pretty simple. You only need a few dice. It, it's um, run up and uh, tear the guy's face off, right? Yeah. I mean, basically, kill the general and you win. There's. It's all I've, about that alpha strike. I played a dozen times. I've never won a game. I suck. I just, I do. I suck, and I'm out. Like I've got to the point where I, I'm, I'm out. I still have the trolls. I will still play. It's like I'm not out, out, but I don't actively look for games anymore. Mm-hmm. The only reason I'm, I, I've got the trolls, and I like them, and I plan on getting them painted because I really love the aesthetic of their troll, right. the troll bloods models. That's the one thing that keeps me going in that game. Uh, Plus, the fluff is a little interesting, actually. Like, as I've been reading some of Harrison's stuff, it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, Larry Correa, who I'm a big fan of him as an author, he actually got, he wrote a couple of books for uh, for Privateer Press. Like, Oh, fiction. really? Okay. Yeah. And, and Brian Steele, who's been on the show before, he, he didn't he originally create some of he the, wrote, the fluff? Yeah, he wrote for the first edition of the game. He wrote a lot of the fluff for, in fact, uh, the 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 Kador stuff, a lot of that stuff he wrote. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. cool. But no, Larry Korea wrote like a book, like um, the I guess the, the the head lady in the scorn, like whoever mm-hmm. the, the the character is, the female character who is like the queen of the scorn or whoever it is or whatever mm-hmm. she is. Like he wrote a story about her coming to power. Mm. Like it's actual, it's like short, but it's a novel. But it was you know they were hiring him to write some right. of these things. Uh, I was listening, I'm like, wow, this is kind of a cool world. It's kind of compelling. I really enjoy it. Um. But, but that's that the sort of game is, where you have to you have to play a lot and often to really be good at it. Yeah, and, uh, and I suck. Uh, yeah, I did. I played maybe a dozen times too uh, against Steve. Yeah, um, and see, pretty much every game we played, he pretty much had to walk me through it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is like the tenth time we played, and I'm just not. And that's the thing. Not any traction with me. Yeah, and I, 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 maybe it was just I wasn't wrapping my head around it, but I kept realizing, like, I think it was my last game where I was playing. I might have even been playing with Luke. And I played out, like, I did all my moving for the turn and realized, wait, can I take that back? And I must have done my turn, like, three times, realizing each time that it's like, I'm trying to do a certain thing. I don't Mm. quite understand how the game works. I'm trying to make it work. I don't want him to tell me what to do, but I'm trying. And he's just like, well, you know. And then finally I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it where it is because I'm I'm just not getting it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm an idiot. but <laughs> And then he proceeds to destroy you, oh, right? Oh, he decimated me. I'm, yeah. I, dude, I never win that game. Yeah. Um, uh, Mercia has Darklands, which we got some, some of their stuff. Yeah, we still have to demo that. The models are amazing. They are uh, the great. rule set that I've read, uh, from what I've read, is, is pretty good. They do have sort of a, a glossary in the beginning. Almost like a bit of a dictionary. You're just explaining their terms, and when we say this, it means this. And when we say this guy inside me, I mean, War Machine does it too. It has that list of terms that it, this always means this. Right. Um, but I don't know what it was about the ones from Mercia Miniatures uh, or from Darklands, but it was just, it's, 
it was a little confusing in the beginning. Like as I was reading through it, like it, some of them seemed to overlap a bit, and they were pointing out, and it was just, and I was just, I got a little confused reading the rules. I will say that. But at, once you get past that little beginning part, the rule set seems to be pretty cool. Um, the only thing was that the book that they've got now, the book that I got, you know, they sent us a couple of copies. I got one for you, and we have some for, you know, like if any of our buddies want to play, mm-hmm. they sent us a few extras. Um, is it's it's mostly just rules. It's not a lot of fluff, but there's also no force lists in it. So you have to go online to get your force oh, lists. Oh, I see. Right, right. Um, in order to hire things. So I, I kind of printed out the whole thing one day at work so that we could all look at it. Um, I like, I just, I love the aesthetic of that game. The models are so nice. Yeah, it's a really different um, yeah, and unique style. I, I quite like it too. Yeah, it's a very, I mean, most of you guys have seen it because everybody was buying up their monsters. Like the, mm-hmm. you used one for the Slaneshi, you know, mm-hmm. the Boob yep. Lady. Greater Demon, yeah. Yep. Um, I've got a couple that I used for dragons. Everyone's seen the, the really nice Manticore and Chimera. Oh, yeah. Are from, uh, are the, that I have. Those are, they're, they're, Dude, they womp on anybody's else's. <laughs> I mean, they're so then you and you pay for that quality. That's that's another one where that's a lot of money for that mana core. That mana core is not oh, yeah. cheap. It's oh, way yeah. more than GW's. It is way nicer though. That is, I mean, once you again, see where that money goes once yeah, that arrives, yeah, you're uh, paying. You know, I know what I was paying for there. I wasn't like, wow, this is an expensive model. I was like, wow, this is worth every penny. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's a good one. Like I said, we're, we're eventually we're going to get a couple of games played of that and get a get a episode out on that. Um, and then last one before we wrap up is Kings of War, the last remaining sword and board uh, rank and flank large armies game. Yeah, well, the battle line. Uh, yep, and and it's picking up some traction. A lot of people are trying it out, and they're at least yeah, we'll trying s- it out, and 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 they should. Um, I know a couple of people, I've read a couple of comments on Twitter, people said, you know, I don't want to go play a game that's only doing well just because Warhammer's doing poorly. And I, I think that's kind of a bum rap because I think a lot of people, well, the first edition rules were short. I mean, they were only about 18, yeah. 18 pages, which, you know, it seems long compared to the New Age of Sigma rules. But um, everyone thought it was just Warhammer light, especially since they didn't have a lot of the model ranges out, mm. so you'd have to use Warhammer models anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got kind of a bum rap, um, but I mean now a lot of people are looking towards it. Hell, I had people. You know, we were at Adepticon. I had friends. What were you doing? I was playing Kings of War with a couple of friends. Oh, playing Kings of War, dude. It's a good game. Yeah, you and your three friends keep telling yourself that. Oh, you know, jeez. I got told that, and you know yeah. what? That exact same person is now calling me up, going, "So is the second edition going to be any good? You think the community might pick this game up? Like, is it mm-hmm. worth trying?" And I gotta say. Uh, they listened to their players, yeah. And uh, the second edition rules. I, I was on the Kickstarter, so I got a copy of the PDF. The book, the hardcover book, is coming soon. Um, the basic set of rules, without all the army lists and without the fluff, is right now free. Go to manticgames.com, and uh, you can download the rules right now. The PDF of the basic rules for free. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, there well, is that, that makes it tough then. If you, I mean, if if Warhammer fantasy players are using their old armies and the rules are available for free. Doesn't that make their margin for profit like microscopic, if anything? Well, and that's one of the reasons why there, I mean, dude, there's only 18 people that work for that or 20 people right now that work for that company. Okay. Mantic is 20 people. 
Okay, and they expanded it to 20 people. That's why a lot of people get mad. I saw people getting mad because, you know, there's not a lot of it in the stores because people aren't buying it in the stores because they're buying everything through the Kickstarters. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I've right. interviewed Ronnie a bunch of times. I'll be interviewing him at Gen Con in a couple of weeks. And he's like, we don't have the $650,000 million in capital you need to get all these models. Right. Built and made, and the board. I mean, they basically the stuff we're paying up front. They're making some profit, and they're building uh, a, a, an, a, an ability to get out there and to get into companies. But he's like, mm-hmm. you know, we they're yes, they've put out about five or six kickstars, and they got five or six games going. But they're still. He's like, yeah, we're still. You know, we oh, couldn't. Have, we couldn't have produced everything. I mean, because right now, um, you know, um, Kings of War has, I think. Eight armies out now, or nine armies out, and okay. with this last Kickstarter, they've got just about everything has has models now. I mean, and for in in a, in a in a course of two to three years to have a game come out now with nine full armies, mm-hmm. that's a lot to yeah. do from a company that was starting off when they did that first Kickstarter. They only had like, I think they said eleven employees. I mean, that's a that's a hell of a thing to pull apart, you know, to do. Yeah, that is. Now, there's little customization in this game. Um, you can uh, you can give units magical items. They go to a whole unit. There are okay. ones that they say can go to specific characters. But when you pick a character, there are I mean, every character you could pick is listed out. Some are special named characters. Mm-hmm. Some are you know, there's a the Morgoth the Faceless, the greatest necromancer in the world. I could pick the named guy, or I can just pick necromancer. You know, and he's obviously mm-hmm. less points and not as good. Um, there are certain items in the magic list that you can give, but you can only give one item to any unit or person so that if you're looking to you know, create a general like you were making in Warhammer, like we talked about earlier, not going right. to happen. Um, yeah. But I'll tell you this. There are some cool things. Um, you do use the footprint of the unit, not individual models. So as the unit takes wounds, they just keep piling up. At any time when you take wounds during a turn, you basically roll something similar to a break test. Mm-hmm. You roll 2d6 and add all the wounds you've taken so far on that unit, and then you have a nerve rating. And if, if you hit it, the first number, then you're kind of wavering and you're, there's, you're, you know, you're, sort of, you're just there. You can't really right. do anything. It's like, like a failed panic check. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, but if you pass that second number, basically the unit... It, it breaks, but instead of breaking and running like in Warhammer, it just breaks. Mm. It scatters to the five oh, wings, take it off the board. Just kind of disintegrates. Yeah, um, but it's kind of cool because there's a lot of stuff you can do. You got a lot of opportunity for customization. You got a lot of opportunity for hobby and and building. Yep. You know, diorama t- because it's the footprint. So if you have an if you have if your your infantry is twenty mil square bases. If you have, you can either buy, you can only take, you know, you, you buy it by the unit. So I can buy right. a unit of 20, 40, or, you know, 10, 20, or 40. Elite units might be 5, 10, or 20. And you can only take those options. There's no 22, you know, you're not working finicky with points to fit another model in here or there. Uh, right. Yeah, you can really go all out on those dioramas then. Yeah, you can. Um, they have changed their line of sight to like a sort of a systematic line of sight. Mm-hmm. Um, infantry is a size one model. Uh, cavalry and large infantry is size two, mm. large cavalry is size three, monsters are fours, um, and then basically, you know, hey, can I see you? Well, I'm a size one, you're a size one, and there's a size one in between us. Yeah, they're blocking line of sight. If you're a size two, 
and there's a size one in between us, then we can see each other because guess what? You're taller than them. Um, they literally just have those things set up, so it's easy to tell if you can see or not, if they're blocking line of sight. Ah, uh, I see. Um, they literally said, you know, for terrain, your hills, however many inches high your hill is, that's the number it is. So most of your little hills are like two inches tall, so that's a t- size two hill. And if you mm-hmm. put a size two guy on top of a size two hill, he is now size four total. That's where he can see from there because... He's a size two guy on top of a size two hill, so they made it mm. really simple for that. Well, we'll see if uh, the community embraces it, and yeah, you know where it goes. Should I'll be tell you this though, and here's the cool thing: if you do download the rules, and you'll get you won't get the full army list, but you get some of the basic army lists. The one thing that's cool is you know how when a new army comes out or when you want to try out a new army, you're writing up lists and you're buying the models and you want to just you know I just want to buy right. what I need right now. You can literally. Just take the right size movement trays, put a piece of paper that says archers, put a piece of paper that says zombies, put the tray out because it's just the it's just the footprint of the tray that matters, mm-hmm. and you could literally test out an army to see if they're for you without having to buy a single model because yeah, of the footprint. That's, that's, I mean, you could do that now with fantasy and and, and proxy, but you I could guess. with proxy, but proxy you still need models. This game you could literally just play with mm. just movement trays. I'm not saying it's fun. I'm saying if you wanted to try something functional. out, it's, fun- it's, it's exactly right. lowest common denominator functional, <laughs> right? Uh, it, just to try stuff out. But I think for people who are asking if Kings of War is 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 any good, I would say yes. It's it's a fun it's simpler but there's still there's still a lot of room for tactics in there. There's a lot of tactics in uh, in Kings of War and how you do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that movement uh, and they actually put in rules. In fact, one of the adjustments to the rules now is because you just pivot around your center when you want to move. Yeah. So like you get one pivot per movement. So like you know before when you'd move you would do this here at any point during your movement you can pivot around your center to any direction you want to go to. Okay, great. Uh, you know how mm. people would get annoyed how you could, like, railroad things in uh, fantasy? Sure, yeah. Yeah, they already said, as long as you end your movement where you're not in, you know, in in the middle of a model or off the board, you can do that virtual pivot through things. Because they're like, a real army wouldn't stay in a perfect square if they were turning around in the yeah, middle of a true. battle. So <laughs> you you can make that. As long as you end up in a legal position, you can pivot through can stuff. So uh, they're really they were addressing a lot of the concerns that people had with the other uh, game. applying uh, logic to to game situations. Yeah. Mm. So and once again, it is the it's the only rank and flank game in town anymore. So you might as right. well give it a shot. Um. I think that's everything, man, and we've gone over, so I think we should wrap it up. That sounds like a plan. Um, all right, folks, listen. Um, these are, you know, we're not saying don't play Age of Sigmar. Hell, I'm still playing Age of Sigmar. I kind of enjoy it for what it's worth. Well, well we have yet to play Age of Sigmar. Well, I mean, what I've played with Harrison, out-of-the-box yeah. stuff. I mean, everyone knows I'm a fanboy. I'm having a good time with it. Um, and I hope that it is I hope it proves to be amazing, mm. but it's not a. It's not for everybody. And B, right now the games are pretty short. So, and if you're like us, and in the past six months while you've been waiting to see what happened between the time Archeon blew up the planet mm-hmm. and now, you've probably picked up something else, or you already had a game. It's very. I, I don't think I know any gamers who only play a game. 
Do you mean mm-hmm. even before this? Did you know anyone who only played Warhammer Fantasy and no other game, no other tabletop war game of any sort? Uh, I, probably Alex, only because his time is so limited. Okay, yeah, but that's other than that. No, everyone I know plays multiple games. Yeah, so you know we're not. Don't take this as a go away. Go, go, you know, go play this instead. No, of no, no. Of this is this is more a commentary on the current landscape of you know f- fantasy players have now gone to you know it, it, like we said the different highway exits where are they where are they headed towards. And let's be honest, if this game is this simple, where I can get away with playing a forty model game or a fifty model mm-hmm. game, you know, then if, you might want more. Right. I mean, honestly, if I'm going to paint forty or fifty Sigmarite warriors and have a full army. Or at least for 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 my purposes of when I play, I'll have time to paint other armies. You know, mm. I'm not painting. Well, I'm still working on a thousand zombies because I'm contractually yeah. obligated to make those goddamn things. <laughs> Although I'm doing some on square bases for Kings of War, and I'm doing some on round bases. There you go. So, and guess what? Round bases aren't going to be swamp bases. Screw that noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was uh, that was an endeavor. Uh, see. Uh, that's. I'm sorry. That pisses me. That's the one thing that pisses me off when they changed it like this. Was I had just gotten to the point where I was right. really getting into the basing of it, and like I can't fix that basing on those square. Those feet are buried under that swamp stuff. All that PVC, well, the the water squares are still legal. No one's saying that you can't use them. Yeah, they're legal, but they don't. They're not. Do they? It doesn't look as good. It doesn't well, look right. Well, you gotta make some concessions, right? Hey, I hey. I am not conceding my aesthetics, my friend. My zombies are going to look right. So I'm just going to have to make different types. Right. But, uh, you know, honestly, if I can make... That's one of the cool things. Is I've got 12 or 15 miles from Malifaux. I could play it. I can play... I've got enough right now where I could comfortably learn more about this game and play with my Pano. Hmm. Maybe buy one or two other real cool single models that I want, and I don't have to buy anything else for a while. Right. You know, and that's the kind of the cool thing is with Age of Sigmar going to skirmish, I think I have opportunities to play more games. Even if I love Age of Sigmar, I want to play it. Sure. There's this there. So hopefully, you know, there's something in here you've heard about. And we will be talking in the future about some of these other games. I definitely want to get a Kings of War game in at some point. I'd like to play some Malifaux with you at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just why not? Let's give it for a try. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. The more gaming, the better, right? Yep. Exactly. So that's about it, and we hope you've enjoyed this, folks. Uh, we will be back next episode. Um, hopefully, it ne- should be next episode, Talking Age of Sigmar. Right, and we'll there's going through the paces, and yeah. yeah and then there's going to be a Gen Con uh, episode, at least, or maybe just for part. Maybe we'll do part of that sure. part of those, because we're going there next week, and I'm going to do some recording. Um, I think Jimmy Wapple's going to come on and stuff like that, too. Okay, cool. Nice. Um, what else? I think that's about it. I think, I think that show. is it. No. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll be back with more Warhammer goodness next time. And, uh, hey, hope you learned something. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, All guys. Right, take it easy. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at GarageHammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website. 
or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.